welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. I'm Taylor and with me, as he is every month when we wander back to the hazy halls of our memory, he is the Mario to my Luigi, the... One double dragon guy for the other double dragon guy, or the two guys in Contra, uh, is my brother Seb. Seb, how's it going? Oh, it is It is not good. It is not good at all. I have what? recently been diagnosed with a severe case of Pac-Man fever. Oh, no, not I know. Pac-Man I, fever. Yes, I have to take uh, certain pills. Uh, they're like small and yellow colored. Uh-huh, yep, yep. Uh, have you been so. seeing ghosts lately? Have I been seeing ghosts? What have not? I, I've been seeing multicolored ghosts, all Ooh. sorts of. Actually, they come in four colors. Are you sure you're taking the right pills? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. And, and trust me, at some point uh, in this episode, we will definitely talk about um, a video game experience I had while taking a little too much medicine. Oh, I can't wait. But we, we will definitely get to that. Uh, what's new? What's new up in Sacramento? Well, um, it's uh, summer is here. Um, they just caught a serial killer um, that you might have heard about in the news. Yeah, Golden um, State Killer, the original Night Stalker. I didn't realize that uh, uh, the other Night Stalker that I remembered was the not the yeah, original. Yeah, I, re- I only remember the. I mean, this. I guess this guy was before my time. You know, what I mean, I only remember the Richard Ramirez Night Stalker. Thank you. That's his name, Richard yeah. Ramirez. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I guess there's multiple Night Stalkers. I guess I don't know. Well, there are multiple nights. I mean, why not? I, mean, I guess there are reasons why not. You know, serial killers and all. But yeah, that's anyway. true. <sighs> previously on. Previously on. Previously on. If memory serves. Uh, you know, we were talking about the A B switch. Oh yeah. And um, uh, my Podcastica co-host, John, said he remembers AB Switches, but uh, he actually also grew up in San Jose. So that still keeps it as kind of a local, regional thing. Although I did come across a a YouTube video that somebody did basically like a a review or just a, hey, here's a weird thing that you used to be able to get at Radio Shack. It's an AB Mm -hmm. switch for your cable box. Um, okay. But that's literally all I've been able to find about them. And I haven't had anyone else chime in who's out of the area who remembers these things. And just to recap, an AB switch in this context, when we were kids in the 1980s, the TV channels that we would watch not only had a numerical value, but an A or B value. So you mm-hmm. could be watching CBS on channel 5A, but there was also a channel 5B that would be a completely different channel. Um, right. Like and I remember... Like KTEH and KQED or PBS stations, I think were 9A and 10A. Yeah, I, you're exactly right. Um, and it's just one of these weird little bits of technology that, you know, hopefully someone out there can uh, set us straight and uh, let us know, uh, you know, because apparently it wasn't a na- nationwide phenomenon. I guess not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And um, also, uh, in the previous episode, we were uh, dealing with films that uh, we watched uh, too young when we were mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. and mom uh after listening to the episode she chimed in and wanted to mention um the film stand by me right the stephen king adaptation um, yeah with a young will wheaton jerry uh jerry o'connell uh, exactly one yeah. yeah 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 uh yeah he had the fattest one in three counties and um <laughs> Mom, mom was telling us that, or she was telling me that that was the only film that she 
um, intentionally made us watch, even though she thought it might be too mature for us because she thought that, uh, oh, I'm probably going to do a bad uh, job of explaining her logic. But basically it was uh, something that, you know, it's a movie about young boys coming of age. So we were of that same age and probably we would want to um, watch that film, I think. Um, okay. I don't have a lot of memories of going out and hunting for dead bodies or anything like that. I, but. No, I mean, you know, there's a couple of times where it's like, you know, hey, let's walk down this railroad track. But it was mostly at like Roaring Camp in Felton. But I, you know, I do remember this film as a kid. I don't remember being mm-hmm. frightened by it. I, I mean, I still enjoy it to this day. It's a magnificent film. Do you have childhood memories? Of uh, I do. I mean, I, I mean, I remember going. I remember seeing it in the theaters. Um, but I don't. It didn't leave like. It didn't leave any scars on me. You know, I think it, the it, only it wasn't yeah. it was if I remember right, it actually was R rated. Yeah, I don't think Wesley Crusher had a fat one because he had that like bodysuit he wore in Next Generation, <laughs> like that gray thing with like the weird tank top or whatever. Yeah, is Star Trek: The Next Generation fashion? We could we could certainly dive into. I mean, that was definitely eighties and nineties. Well, they definitely um, didn't leave anything to the imagination. <laughs> that's true. Oh my god, Deanna Troy, hello. Um, exactly yeah um, um but yeah no stand stand by me is a great film um and i i, I have fond memories of it too but it, it wasn't a movie that affected me in a way where i was like okay i feel kind of traumatized by it yeah no you know no. but it was it was a good film and it was definitely one that we saw you know by all technical definitions younger than we should have yeah and one correction from the last episode i um inadvertently said that uh, keith richards was a member of the band The Doors. Uh, he was not actually a member of The Doors. So I do apologize to our listening audience. Because uh, I'm sure he was they're, a... they're rioting in the streets over that. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think he was a uh, part of uh, the uh, the other band. Uh, the, the other uh, band. Yes. Not The Grateful Dead. Not The Beatles. No. Wait a second. No. Wait a second. They got the no moss. No. No. The Rolling Stones. That's Thank right. You. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Uh, so just uh, setting the record straight here, folks. Yes, definitely. Now, who knows? I mean, maybe Keith Richards hung out with the Doors, but you know that that got past me too when we were when we were recording. So, right, hey, it's all good. And you know, look at the weirdness of music now. Neil Finn of Crowded House is now a member of Fleetwood Mac. I'm like, what is going on? Is that is it true? Yeah, yeah. Wait a second. You know, they, here at the, here at the uh, If Memory Serves podcast, we are not fans of fake news. You're telling me this is real news, not fake news. I am. I am 100 not faking you. Wow. Uh, Fleetwood Mac recently parted ways with Lindsey Buckingham and turned around and went, "Hey Neil, you doing anything? Because I know Crowded House isn't around anymore. Come join us." Wow. And so That's... Neil Finn has joined Fleetwood Mac. It just is weird to see pictures. And dude, I heard ABBA's back together. They're going to release their first new music since like 83, which oh, is like, man, I mean, 83 is kind of like the sweet spot for what we talk about. Usually 83, 84, I think, you know, uh, so that's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I'm kind of, you know, I've been thinking about some of our future months coming into the summer here and there's going to be a lot of 87, 90, uh, that's going to mm-hmm. come up, but yeah, I, ABBA, that's that again, that's weird. <laughs> that is, weird. I can't wait. I'm ready. Sign me okay. up. Okay. All right. His body is ready, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Let's see what is happening in the news. Oh, yeah. First and foremost, we should um, mention with, uh, honestly, great sadness. 
the passing of radio legend Art Bell of mm-hmm. Coast to Coast in Dreamland fame. He uh, he passed, uh, strangely enough, on uh, Friday the 13th mm. of April, uh, mm-hmm. just this month at the age of 72 at his home in Pahrumpt, Nevada. Um, so young. I Well, yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways. Now, granted, he smoked a lot. Granted, he suffered from, like, COPD, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some ways it can't be too surprising but it certainly was something that when i saw that is it affected my whole weekend oh sure um, yeah and and certainly in, into that next week it's like literally like i was I, I i almost feel like i was more affected by his passing mm-hmm. um than you know some of the other more famous ones we've had recently just just because you know we've talked about him so recently Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he really, I mean, for me is a big reason why, um, I enjoy paranormal topics and, and, and mm-hmm. conspiracy theory topics and area 51 topics. Um, so I literally, I spent like the whole weekend just listening to as many past shows of his as mm-hmm. possible. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of sadly funny. One of the very first episodes I was, I started to listen to, um, uh he actually was addressing um uh uh incorrect news that had come out at that time i i think it was 2003 or something uh that this this episode was from or this radio show was from about his passing oh <laughs> and i'm like ah oh, really <clears throat> of all the wow. episodes that happened to come on this like all art bell station i'm listening to this one oh this very meta yeah, very Jeez, Sarah. Has there been any word about? I mean, I assume it's natural causes. It wasn't like like a car accident or. No, or... it definitely wasn't that. Um, mm. I all I know with certainty is he did pass in his sleep. Oh, okay. Um, and he did pass at his home. Okay, okay. That that's all that I know. I have not seen actually anything further mm-hmm. uh, since then. Yeah, well, it's, <sighs> it's very sad, folks. Um, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um. But onward we march, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to have a link to this in the show notes. This is really neat if you haven't uh, seen this uh, yet. But somebody has taken um, a 1980s boombox and modified it to contain a completely playable Super Nintendo. So help me help me imagine what this looks like. Is there is there like a little screen embedded in the boombox? Yes. Okay. In fact, okay. I would encourage you to click on the link and take a look at it. Um, right. This, I think it was an old, uh, um, oh, I wanted to say it was a Sears type model that actually um, had one tape deck and had um, a little screen of some kind already in it. And this is the model that this guy chose to <laughs> modify. But it's it's neat. I mean, it's amazing what you can <laughs> fit uh, into a space with with technology these days, it's 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 pretty impressive. I'm isn't taking it? a look at it right now. Isn't it's, it? It's a small screen. So it, this it, isn't yes. this is this is not something that I could purchase. This is just kind of a one and done kind of deal. This yeah, this is a one and done kind of thing. But obviously, okay. there are lots of people out there who are technologically inclined and like to fiddle with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it if yeah, by all means, take a look. I would rock that. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really throw it over my shoulder and go strutting down the street and mob, you know, playing pilot wings or something. But I was thinking F Zero personally. Yeah, F Zero would work really good on the boombox <laughs> SNES. That's right. 
That's absolutely uh, right. Uh, well, someone has also recreated the entire original Transformers intro, not with animation, but with the actual toys <laughs> from the era. And we're going to have a link to that video oh god uh in the show notes it's pretty impressive i mean they even made a point of like doing all the laser beams uh-huh. and everything when they're shooting and the transforming sequences i watched it it was um it had taken a lot of time oh geez to create that accurately it sounds almost like a robot chicken kind of thing like it that tv show robot totally chicken. does yes yeah. it totally yeah. does but had it been robot chicken they would have like i don't know stopped in the middle of it had a dialogue somebody would have farted probably 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 yeah, that's that's a fair assessment yeah um so uh the folks over at kotaku uh which is a uh video game and uh, uh like anime type site kind of like the 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 asian wing of uh uh io9 and gizmodo that 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 type of site uh mm-hmm. just today published its list of the most valuable game boy games monetary value monetary value okay now this is not just the original game boy this this covers the advance the color and the original Mm -hmm. um and but the most uh valuable original nintendo game uh involves potatoes you're kidding me i'm not kidding you what what's the game uh the game is called I need to bring it back up. I didn't pop all these links open before we started. Um, the game is called Amazing Tater. Estimated what? street value of between three hundred and fourteen hundred dollars. That's got to be that's got to be a factor of rarity because that sounds like a weird game that I never heard of, and I, I can't imagine it sold very well. Because who plays with potatoes? I yeah, guess right. No, no, and you are exactly right. Um, okay. So, real quick background. It was released as Puzzle Boy 2 in Japan. Amazing hmm. Tater is the official sequel to the 1990 Game Boy title Quirk. K-W-I-R-K. Hmm. Nearly identical to its predecessor visually, the game tasks players with navigating the titular potato through various yeah. mazes and puddles, puzzles from a simplistic top-down vantage point. As blocks are pushed and rotated, new paths and challenges are revealed. Developed and published by Atlas, A-T-L-U-S, Amazing Tater is known to have one of the smallest licensed production runs in Game Boy Uh. history. Due to its low number of copies in circulation and lack of cult following, really? (laughs) There's not a cult following for a potato? Okay, sure. (laughs) Too many carbs. Yeah, most casual collectors are unaware this title uh, even exists. And that would include me. Is it like a Tetris? Um, no, yes and no. Is it like Marble Madness, but it's a potato rolling downhill? (laughs) No, it's more of a potato (laughs) rolling through mazes. It's like a potato rolling through Tetris. Okay. If that, if that gives you an idea. I guess. Yeah. Are you, am I like, am I a russet or like a fingerling? Um, Or well, I mean. Idaho Spud? I'll I'll be on, I'll be honest on the, on the cover art. It it looks like something of a russet. At least okay. in terms of shape, uh-huh. um, on the the screen cap, um, you, you're a circle with eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can I can work with that. Yeah, it almost kind of looks like a ladybug. I'll be honest. Wow. I know. Jeez. So there you go. We'll have a link to that also okay. in the show notes. You guys can check that out. Now, um, this last bit of news, um, we're we're going to talk about it more. I think 
probably July we might talk about kind of uh, uh, surf culture and stuff because that was something mm. at least at least I was pretty heavily into. Oh, uh, me too. At that time, and 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 so was Seb. Um, but there was a brand. Um, it seemed really small. I don't even remember where I first saw them, but through the amazing power of the internet and just kind of searching around and poking around for things, um, I discovered that this brand that I, I really loved, I mean, so much so that, you know, I had stickers and t-shirts and stuff and, and I still have one of the stickers attached to a really old binder and the t-shirts long gone, but I literally cut the logos out to keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called global village. It's kind of a, a, you know, ecological, uh, you know, earth-friendly, hippie-looking brand. Um, But they're still around. In fact, just last weekend for Earth Day, they reopened their store with a bunch of new merchandise. Hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, I'll have a link to their site in the show notes as well. Um, Just, again, through the magic of the Internet, um, managed to... uh, not just get chatting with uh, whoever runs their social media, um, but chatting with someone who works in their shipping department, but also turns out is their original artist. So the gal who did the artwork for all this stuff originally works in their shipping department and was just like randomly chit chatting about, you know, the product and remembering stuff from the 80s uh, from the 90s and stuff it, it was it's been weird it's been weird I, you know what i have um i have really strong memories of you when we were kids and the global village thing mm-hmm. but i i remember it as a completely different story completely different okay. and maybe that's how do you want to hold that off till the july let's, episode? yeah let's say let's save it for that because okay we we'll save it a lot we'll we got a lot to talk about today that's to true. get through this time on if memory serves we're talking video games yes we should have said that (laughs) yes we should have and we are um we're literally going to try and cover everything from the pong era up through the snes that covers our 80s and our 90s although granted i suppose playstation 1 might have been at the very end of the 90s but it for really our purposes we're going to go up through the SNES. And then, of course, we're, as we're coming up with show notes, you're like, hey, arcade games. Hey, computer games. I was like, oh, gosh, we've got so much to talk about. Arcade games, computer games, handheld games, consoles, soup to nuts, everything. I, seriously, if anything, going through these notes has shown me just how immersed we have been in video games for, mm-hmm. for much of our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So would you like to start? Because I've been chatting for a while. I would I would love to start and Do I it. have I have to start I have to take us back to a place called Little Store. <laughs> and that was our name for it. That was our name for it. Um basically I want to start off to tonight talking about um Star Wars the arcade game which was released by Atari in 1983. And if you grew up in that era, you might remember this. Uh the gameplay was based on the 1977 film of the same name. Specifically, the Battle of Yavin sequence. And the player has to pilot Luke Skywalker's X-Wing fighter and destroy the Death Star, just like in the movie. Now, all of the fighters and the Death Star uh, in this video game, they look really skeletonized due to the fact that they used 3D color vector graphics. Mm -hmm. And the game was really famous also for including voice samples from some of the key actors like Mark Hamill, Alec Guinness, James Earl Jones, and Harrison Ford. 
And the game, now it was released as a traditional stand-up arcade machine, but there was also a sit-down cockpit version. Yes. And it was the latter that was available in a small arcade behind Little Store. And Little Store was our family's nickname for uh, Park and Hester Liquors. It was an independent liquor and convenience store located about 500 feet from our childhood home. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it was, and it is, it still exists. It's basically just your ordinary bodega, basically. An easy mm-hmm. place to score candy or garbage pail trading cards, garbage <laughs> pail kid cards, you know, back in the day. Yep. Uh, but it also, it was also a little sketchy. Like, I have strong memories of them selling those little miniature roses and glass tubes that actually later I learned were just a way that people could buy crack pipes. Seriously, um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen this at like gas stations or anything like well, that. But... Yeah, I, I just I don't remember them at at, at this market. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's I a mean, market. I mean, I'm looking at the candy. I'm I'm looking at the magazines. I'm looking at the sodas. I'm not. <laughs> You're not looking, looking at the crack at, pipes. I'm not looking at the crack pipes. <laughs> yeah. Like okay. Could, now, just to paint a picture in the in the the heads of the viewer or listeners to the program, a little story. It's a squarish two story building from the 30s with a few apartments above. And I think since time immemorial, Little Store has always been painted uh, a garish orange color. It is I kind think. of peachy orange from as peachy long as orange. I can remember. Yeah. International orange? Yeah. No, not quite international orange. It's not international? Oh, okay. More domestic. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and the, one of the things I love about Little Store, it, the, the store's decaying exterior is decorated with crudely painted stick figures touting phrases like coldest beer in town (laughs) and it's almost like a cross between folk art and like primitive hieroglyphics hieroglyphics and i don't know if you remember but right behind little store was this super sketchy arcade back in the 80s oh yeah and that's where they had the atari star wars yeah and i gotta tell you i think you probably have this memory too but my biggest childhood memory was of the the two of us and a gang of neighborhood kids we were playing the star wars and during my turn in the game, I wasn't sure exactly how to pilot the X-Wing. <laughs> and at one point, I screamed out, what should I do? And it was like literally a second before Alec Guinness's voice spat out of the machine saying, use the Force, Luke. Yep. And it was like he was talking directly to me. And it was so legendary. And it, it was like, it was. Uh, you, do you know, do you remember this? Do you remember this game? Do you, what do oh, you remember yeah. a little store? I want to know what you remember. What I... I don't remember a whole lot else of what was in that arcade. I mean, I know there were other games. I might have, there might have been Dig Dug or something like that. Um, but but Star Wars was the big draw. I mean, at least for us. I mean, it was like you could you could sit down in the cockpit and it looked oh, like yeah, you that were was really cool. flying, and that was that was the coolest thing. And yeah, when when that moment happened, I mean, we, I remember we kind of lost our minds. We were like, oh my god, it's actually talking to us. And it's great because from what I viewed on YouTube recently of the video game itself, I think the I think it kind of holds up. You know, yeah. I mean, it was kind of weird because obviously, you know, you try to destroy the Death Star, and then if you succeed in destroying the Death Star, the next stage of the game is to start over from scratch and destroy it again. So the, <laughs> it, in that sense, it's kind of it's kind of weird, you know. <laughs> So it's 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 Star Wars meets Groundhog Day. I don't know the graphics. Even though the graphics were so primitive, they kind of held up for some weird reason. I still kind of dig it. I don't no, know. I get it. I get it. But 
Now, this this arcade that it was in, I mean, the word arcade is kind of a stretch. I mean, it was almost just like a disused storeroom that they hauled some machines into. Yes, I I, I remember the place being really kind of like dark. I, I don't there was no so adult supervision. Say, no, there were cameras, though. Were there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there there were cameras. I remember that because I remember being in the market at one point and seeing the monitors so you could actually see into the arcade. Okay, okay. Um, so it wasn't like that unsupervised because, yeah, I mean, there, there could have been some crazy shady stuff going down in there if there was oh. zero supervision. It was super shady. There's, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie called Goodfellas. It's a mob movie. No, I'm not into that kind of stuff. There's a scene near the very end of that movie when Robert uh, De Niro tries to get this lady whacked in this like weird back alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't get whacked. She runs away. But it's like this super sketchy, scary alley that like – and it just reminds me of this arcade. It was just like the kind of place where I'm sure like some crazy stuff went down, you know? You never know. But hey, uh, in other trivia, this exact arcade game was actually had a cameo in the 1984 film Gremlins. And, oh, did uh, it? Yeah, there's a brief scene where the Gremlins are actually playing the game, which oh, is God. pretty awesome. Uh, and I at some it, point, do they, they do they chitter out something close to "What do I do?" <laughs> yeah, I know. And Alec Guinness yells out to him. I know, totally. <laughs> oh my God! Well, should we kind of cover like arcade games since that's where we're starting, and um, then make our way down the list? We can go anywhere, anywhere we like. Yeah. I mean, um, what do you want to talk about? Next? Well, okay, let's let's stick with arcade games, and we'll we'll kind of chunk it out here. Um, okay. I I remember um, still one of my favorites, Spy Hunter. Oh God, yeah. Um, and I specifically remember playing it at a burger place called Squeezers, which mm-hmm. used to be at like what is that Saratoga and Stevens Creek, roughly. Yeah, that's right. Squeezers was great. It wasn't. I don't think it was a chain. If it was a chain, it must have been an extremely small chain. Mm-hmm. I think it was a more of an independent place. Oh, these burgers were so good. Great, delicious burgers. The kind of place you might go to have a party. It was almost like an independent Chuck E. Cheese because you know. But instead of pizza, it was burgers. But they also had the games, the skee ball type stuff. I think. Yeah. Um, the only thing I really remember of Squeezers was like the interior architecture or design of the dining areas had a lot of exposed um, like air duct piping. Okay. And I think I think everything was kind of there were like multiple levels and it was, everything was painted. So it almost looked like, I don't know, like a set from Double Dare or something <laughs> from Nickelodeon, which they're bringing back. Are they really? They're oh, how is that, how is that not the news? That should Double been, Dare. Like, that should have been the top story, man. We're doing oh, pretty. I oh, just I I saw it the other day, and again, I had crazy week. I forgot, but as soon is as Mark, you mentioned it, is Mark Summers hosting? I don't know. Oh god, I don't. If know. he's hosting, I'll watch it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, but anyway, so, someday someday we'll talk Nickelodeon stuff. We'll talk slime. We'll talk. You can't do that on television and all that stuff. We'll get to that someday. All right, Spy Hunter. Yeah, Spy Hunter. It just it's 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 a great game. I mean. You get the 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 opening music, the 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 eight bit version of the Peter Gunn theme, and I could I could have just sat there the whole time and just listened to the music, you know. But now you've got this this you know very simple, top down. You're on a road. You've got a steering wheel and a gas pedal for controls. I mean, you know, stuff to shoot stuff or let go with. 
smoke screen or an oil slick. Screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and you come backing out of a truck. It's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Floor it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've also got the, or we had, and I still have the, the uh, NES version of it. Mm-hmm. And I eventually figured out that for the most part, if you could actually just ride the shoulder oh. of the road at full speed. Yeah. Almost perfectly. Uh-huh. You could get through so much game. You're not trying to dodge around cars. Yeah. You're, you're not going so fast that you're going to slam into the back of uh, a car and blow up or something. <laughs> you know, you just kind of hug that shoulder. and then But the road changes sometimes. It's not perfect. You can kind of stick with it and kind of not. Um, but it was fun. It, it, it's, nope. just, it's a good game. My, my two memories of Spy Hunter that we haven't mentioned yet, I seem to recall um, some of the people on the little roadway were motorcycle drivers. Yes. And I seem to remember it being very easy to bump into them with your car and kill them. Yes. And the other thing I remembered, I think if you got to some point during the gameplay, somehow you could swap out your car for a boat, like a Correct. motorboat. Yes. And I remember little, the boat little, really cool. Like a little exit ramp that went yeah. to... I don't know, like a dock tunnel looking thing. And you basically whoom, you shoot through and you become a boat. You're zipping right. down the waterways now. Yes. Yes. I, I, You know, I remember the other thing I remember about Spy Hunter, like maybe like 10 or 15 years ago, I remember reading some Internet uh, entertainment gossip rag or something suggesting that there was going to be a big budget Hollywood adaptation of the game Spy Hunter. The, like maybe they, like. Yeah, they did. It's called the Bond movies. No, I mean, come it, on. That's basically what like, it is. It was going to like star the rock or something, oh, you know? Oh, and I was just thinking to myself, it's like, is the whole film going to be filmed from like top down, like looking at a roadway or something? Yeah, that's, you know, if you're going to be faithful to the source material, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that right now. Yes. How weird is that? Oh, boy. Uh, gee whiz. That's a great, that's a great pick though. That's that is. Um, any other arcade games? Oh, That really God. stand out. I mean, like I said, we got a lot to cover. I mean, maybe we can just hit some oh. hit some highlights. I don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, also with Squeezers, 1942, it was oh, released, yeah. I believe, in 1984 by Capcom. It was basically the same. It was basically Spy Hunter, except that you were a World War II fighter plane. <laughs> Blowing up. Um, but you your know, plane did not come out of the back stuff. of the truck. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. No, it's um, true. Think... That's um, actually funny story. Perrin's very first video game that he, he ever tried playing on his own was 1942 that's crazy was it do you have that on the nes is that why no no in fact uh kobe got like a little i don't even know what to call it a little chinese knockoff you know here you could here's nine thousand games you know Um, oh like a little handheld it it was but it wasn't a handheld you could plug it into your tv oh okay um or it had like its own little flip up screen or we connected it to a little portable DVD player. I forget what now, but this mm-hmm. was a while ago because my kids become a total gamer since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the first thing that, you know, he tried playing was 1942 and yeah, he had a rough go of it. He mm. blew up a lot. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. but he played it. He played it happens. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. But yeah, uh, 1942, yeah. there was the tabletop version of miss pac-man at the old spaghetti factory in downtown san jose classic um which you know i love pac-man as much as the next guy i was always a little confused why it wasn't mrs pac-man it was miss pac-man so is it pac-man's sister as opposed to his wife or um i don't know 
I don't know either. But she definitely maybe it's just a lady Pac Man. Maybe they're not actually related. I don't know. She kind of like if you looked at if you remember like the artwork on the like the arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. she kind of like she had like legs and she was kind of like you know she had pouty lips. <laughs> I think it was like a cheesecake Pac Man. You know what I mean? Very much was yes. Which is weird because Pac-Man, like, you know, you think there's Pac-Man. Like, I've seen some renditions of Pac-Man. He has, like, a big, long nose and arms and feet like Mickey Mouse. And then I've seen some renditions of Pac-Man where he looks like, I don't know, like, just like a weird yellow, um, oh, God, I don't, not a circle, but, like, um, I don't even have, like, a not a ghost either, but just, like, some sort of weird light bulb with eyeballs and two feet. Let's be honest. I mean, when they take this artwork, you're taking a two-dimensional game where he's basically a pizza with a slice taken out. And, okay, now we need to render him as if he's 3D. You're like, well, what the hell is it going to look like? But it's just, no, I I know that, but it's just, it's so weird to me that, like, there wasn't, like, a uh, corporate-approved 3D artwork um, version of Pac-Man. It's almost like he, like, there were, it was kind of fluid, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, that, that. But. Probably sounds like that era. Funny side story about Ms. Pac-Man. I, you know, I remember when I was young. I, I literally, I had a sticker collection. I mean, I, I did too. I would, yeah, we both did. Those are My, huge. Yeah, and and sticker collecting back then, I think, was even a bigger deal than it is now. I mean, um, is it a big deal now? Do people still collect stickers? Eh, sort of in different okay. ways. I we guess. had the pup. We had the puppy stickers. Right. We had googly eyes. We had scratch and sniff. We had kinds that had like weird oil inside, so it'd be multicolored. Exactly, and 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 that's the thing is that I mean, we literally, you would get like basically like a photo album book, and yep. you just you'd fill it with stickers you like. Yeah, it was awesome. And my very first one that I ever remember getting was a puffy Ms. Pac-Man. Are you serious? Dead serious. That's awesome. Yeah. She had the little bow in her. She didn't even have hair, I guess. She just had the kind of like no. A skull. She just had the bow on her head, her skull. Yeah, her okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, great game. Mm-hmm. I loved that tabletop version too because it kind of felt like you could sit down. You didn't have to stand up. You know. Yeah, the whole the whole tabletop thing is very classic. I mean, especially you know you go into bars and, and lounge type areas. The, those were all still very popular. Right. Right. Um, I think the only only other arcade game that I, I'd like to hit on is Outrun. What is Outrun? I don't know if I remember this. All right. Outrun um, is kind of, I don't know, I, I would almost say your, your, your classic quintessential 80s driving game. Okay. Uh, you're, you're in a Ferrari Testarossa. Uh, you're driving on um, what I remember most was basically an, an ocean road. You know, okay. you're, you're driving along the coast. There's palm trees and everything. But one of the very first things you can do in the game. Now, it was a stand-up arcade, but you had a gear shift. You had a steering wheel and there were pedals uh, down at the bottom. Okay. Right? So, kind of sort of an automatic. There wasn't a clutch. You know, you just shift between low gear and high gear. Um, but one of the very first things you do in the game is you select which music station hmm. you're going to listen to. And they had different song you know cool breeze or you know whatever Mm. um but yeah i mean outrun you you talk to anybody nowadays about like okay what 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 was the classic you know car game for the 80s and and i bet you anything nine nine out of ten people are gonna say outrun wow Um, okay and and it basically was was just like a like a point to point game don't crash into things you've got 
X number of seconds to get to this next checkpoint where you'll get, you know, X more seconds mm-hmm. to get the next checkpoint. Um, you know, a lot of driving games of that wow. era, that, that was kind of their setup. That, that was what they did. Now, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Now, do you remember where we or you played Out, OutRun? Uh, you know, that was a really popular game. They had it in a lot of places. I mean, they might have okay. had it at Squeezers, but for some reason, I kind of feel like it was the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Okay, okay. Um, but there's, they, like, those were, you know, OutRun was a dime a dozen. If you had an arcade, you, you probably had OutRun. Now, now let's let's think about this. We played arcade games in our childhood at Little Store, Squeezers, Old Spaghetti Factory, probably Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck e. Cheese yeah. uh, Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Can you think of any other places where we played arcade games? Because I can think of two more, but I don't know if you remember them, so I don't know if they're I, real memories. You know, I mean... I remember there being an arcade on West San Carlos between Shasta and North Bascom. Uh, um, you know... I remember there being arcades there, but they were like adult arcades. <laughs> I think they're still there. <laughs> they probably are, but yeah, probably no. not for much longer because the land is worth a crap ton. Oh God, yeah, they're going to be, you know, yeah, yeah. But no, there was I. There was also a deli. You remember um, Lighter's Pharmacy? Sure, sure. Um, it was a uh, over by the Egyptian Museum. Yeah, Nagley and Park era area. Yeah, there was there was a pharmacy. There was a liquor store. There mm-hmm. was a a video rental place, a dry cleaners, oh, um, yeah, like a framing shop. There was like a French restaurant, and then there was this deli, and I think they had an arcade section, a little couple of machines in there too. I I seem to remember that they had a couple of games. I don't remember like what the games were. Yeah, I mean, I don't really yeah. remember spending a ton of time in there. I think it was kind of popular when like the middle school would let out. Sure. Oh, yeah. I can imagine because Hoover's right across the street from there. Yeah. 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 So are we done with arcade? Should we move on to what uh, something a different? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now we go to handheld. Or yeah, let's go to handheld games. So this okay. is we're going to exclude the Game Boy. Okay, we're excluding Game Boy from this. Is that uh, going to fall under like more than Nintendo? Category? Yeah, when we get to okay. that era, we'll talk. This this is other handheld games. Okay, that we remember. Okay, um, and the first one that I oh God I'd forgotten about for so long, but. Um, when I go back to my memories of it, I was like, oh my god, yeah, I played the heck out of this thing, was the Coleco Bolatronic. Oh my gosh. Do you have any memories of this thing? I, I, I do, only because last weekend I was talking to mom on the phone, yeah. and I was saying that we were going to record tonight, and what was her memories? And her memories was of Grandma Jerry and Great Grandma Ola giving us that game as oh, a gift. Oh, they gave it to us. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Um, and it was very long and narrow, and yes. it was a bowling game. Yes. And I think the um, it had very rudimentary graphics. It, it it didn't even have graphics. It had lights. Yeah, lights, but they were red. Yes, they were. Right? Yes. Yeah, I remember yes, that were. much. Yes, they yeah. were. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd kind of like pick, there was like, a, like almost an arrow shape of just like f- probably five buttons. You kind of pick where in the lane you wanted to release the ball. Mm-hmm. Based on, you know, what pins you still had up. Right. You know, so you'd select where you want it to, you, I want to shoot right down the middle. I want to hit that number one pin. And, you know, you would knock down some, all, none of the pins. Right, right. And and these little light up uh, um, pins, you know, in, in the traditional pyramid shape 
you know, wood disappear as your red light <laughs> plowed through them. And and it was fat. It was so entertaining. It was so. It, it, it was incredibly entertaining. It was incredible for our age in that time. Was was there any sound effects? Do you uh, remember there being a I sound? Just, I I literally just remember like boop boop boop. Yeah. Boop, okay, so boop, just beeps. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. You know, it, it, just yeah. simple beeps. Very okay. simple beeps. Okay. Oh um, god. Yeah, that was. It's one of those things where like I I sometimes kind of want to look to see if there's even any still around. Oh, or if anybody guy. ever tried to create an emulator, oh well, that that would be it. interesting. I'm like, I would sit, there, I'd sit there and play it on a computer all day long. Oh my god! Uh, now <sighs> we've talking about handheld. I have to talk about something that is a handheld video game that's very important to our history, <sighs> but I think it's more appropriately called a wrist-held game. Yes, I think probably know where I'm going. I know exactly um, where you're going. So. I like to think of our childhood as a time of plenty, and we had plenty of wrist watches. And it, it feels we almost did. like we had a different watch for each month or something. It felt like it sometimes. I don't know why, because I don't really think of myself as being all that into watches, but really, I kind of am. We were. We we, oh, huge. we could do a whole episode on it, I think. We could. Um, and none of our watches were cooler. And The, the coolest wa- watch that any of us had was your Pac-Man watch, manufactured by the uh, Nelsonic Industries company. No relation. No relation. Um, but uh, from what I've been able to find, Nelsonic, they released more than 30 video game watches, but their Pac-Man watch, which was wow. released in 1982, was the biggie. They sold more than half a million units. And there was a guy named Brian Crescente. He wrote this amazing article on Polygon.com that okay. mentions Nelsonic. And I was looking at this article, and according to a longtime Nelsonic employee named Bernard Frieder, there was a guy named Bernie Mermelstein. Now, Bernie, he was the son of one of the company's founders, and apparently he was instrumental to the idea of introducing video game watches. Okay. And he talks all about um, how they licensed uh, watches to make watches from like TV shows like Six Million Dollar Man and Mork and Mindy. Okay. And he goes on to talk about how um, they released the Pac-Man watch. And it was just an unbelievable game changer. And they actually released it with a tiny little joystick. Mm-hmm. It actually screwed into the watch. Yep. And you could use the joystick to, of course, do the Pac-Man play action. Yep. Um, and it came with four different joysticks and each one was a different that. color yep. and each color corresponded to blinky pinky inky and clyde the four ghosts yep. in pac-man from what i've been able to learn the joysticks were so small that they were easily lost and they had to release a second version of the pac-man watch that just had four directional buttons basically correct. instead of the joystick correct um and you can testify to the fact that these watches if you can find them like <sighs> With the box it, on eBay, they go for crazy amounts of money. It is insane. Now, I I remember this watch vividly. It was one of the early ones. It had the joysticks. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, going through the old family photos, looking for yep. images that we could use to do social media to promote this month's episode, yep. there's a great photo of you with that exact watch. Yeah, holding up the watch. It doesn't have the joystick in it. But I'm like, you can see the whole. When I, but yeah, you can see it. And now, do you? I think you had this watch, but I I don't think I had it. Had no, it, like, I'm 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 pretty sure you didn't have it. I yeah. only remember there being one. Yeah. In the family. Now again, 
my memory may be faulty, but that that's how I remember it. Um, and yeah, dude, that thing was awesome. Do you have any memories of like, did you get it for Christmas? Did you take it to school? Do you remember I, playing with it a lot? Did you ever I, lose the I, joystick? Remember, I remember playing with it a lot. Okay. Losing the joysticks or not, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I remember handling the joystick. I remember how small it felt in my kid hand. I can only imagine how small it would feel in my adult hand. Um, yeah. I remember wearing it to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've got a vague memory of probably being told at one point, put that away. <laughs> oh, by the teacher? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was probably playing with it. Now, yeah, oh, I have to check the time again. Teacher. Yeah, oh, what time is it? Yeah, oh, it's time to play it? back, yeah. man. Yeah. What? Long division? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I don't remember if I got it for birthday, Christmas, Arbor Day. I don't know. I have no memory of that at all. But my yeah. But you're right. I have looked on eBay. I was just like, oh man, I remember my Pac-Man watch. I wonder if there's any of them around. Holy moly! If you want a non-working, non-working first generation one, right, with the joystick, but there's no joysticks left anymore. I've seen them go for two hundred dollars. It's crazy. I mean, that's I, crazy. I've seen ones that are working that yeah. have, you know, a box or documentation or something with it upwards of $500. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Now, by comparison, the other watch that I really remember having when I was very young, kind of in the same era of the Pac-Man watch, probably predates the Pac-Man watch, was, believe it or not, a Dukes of Hazard digital watch. Oh, did you have a Dukes of Hazard watch? I totally had a Dukes of Hazard digital Oh, that's watch. awesome. And if we do a watch episode, I will talk more in depth on this. But by comparison, I saw an eBay listing for a case, not a box, a case of 23 new old stock, never used, never opened, never sold Dukes of Hazard watches for the stunning price of only $84. That's awesome. By comparison, yeah. Pac-Man trounces the Duke boys. Man, you know what? Now, I got to tell you, the Pac-Man watch, my only uh, memory from childhood of that watch was the joystick. Yeah. So, like, I don't even remember. If it wasn't for you, I don't even think, or the photographs, I don't think I'd know what actual game it was. Do you know what I mean? Okay, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was just the amazement that you could wear something on your wrist that had a joystick. You know, yeah. that was for me the that was cooler than the fact that you could actually play a game with it. You know, for all I knew, I mean, you could have given me one of those like two hundred dollar non-functioning uh, Pac-Man watches with a joystick when I was a child. And I still would probably get a kick out of it just because I had a joystick on it and I could right. like move it around or right, something, right. you know. But oh, what a great memory, though. Oh, that's a, oh, that's yeah, a good it's, one. It's amazing. I mean, if, if anybody out there has memories of the Pac-Man watch, please let us know because I, I would be so interested in hearing them. Yeah, definitely. Um, did we have? I have one more handheld, but I did, I think I went last. So, do you want to say anything more about handheld or? Oh, I no. I mean, I've 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 got one more on the list, but if that's the one you're going to go for, go for it. What were you? Wait, what's? Uh, hold on a second. Uh, what do you got? Go ahead, you go. Uh, speak and spell. Oh, speak and spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not exactly a game, you know. Um, but I've got really fond memories of Speak and Spell and like the math version that they had of that thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the math version was the Speak and Spell was like orange and black, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, orange and black. I probably had some like blue and yellow stripes on it, knowing the era. The 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 math version was like a like a gunmetal gray almost. Sort of, yeah, yeah. And there's a photo. I don't know if I've sent it to you or not. There's no, I a think photo. I've seen it. 
it's two photos. It's, I guess, either Christmas or some sort of holiday. And grandma and great grandma, and I'm there, and I'm wearing like, I'm probably like four, three or four years old, and I'm like wearing the shortest short shorts ever. <laughs> but you can see like scattered throughout, I think it is a Christmas photo, scattered throughout the, ima- the image, there's all these um, great gifts that have been uh, unwrapped, and they're mm-hmm. just laying there. And one of them is the, um, the Speak and Spell math version. There's also, I think, um, like a Skeletor like on the carpet. So oh, I know nice. it's I know it's post 82 because I think that's when He-Man came about, you okay. know, but it's I remember when I found that image, I was going through it like it was, you know, the JFK headshot from the Zapruder film trying to like identify, OK, that weird pixelated image in the back, that's got to be a Skeletor. And you, right. you know, that, oh, that's a speak and spell over there, you know, that kind of thing. But did you uh, I mean, did you use it to like spell bad words and stuff like, uh, oh, I, I'm sure I did as I as I got older. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think archive.org has got the internet archive is, uh, they, they've got a, a bunch of really old games that are, um, they've been all pulled apart and emulated. And one of them is the speak and spell. And I'm like, I totally need to pull that down and check that out. Does it have that like weird cancer box voice thing? Like, I, cause it had a, the voice was like weird. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was sort of like the war games voice, but not really. <laughs> Do you think? spell annihilation Boop, beep, boop, yeah beep. totally yeah yeah no i if, if if it doesn't it's not a very good emulation then is it i loved how it had the like the shape of the case was almost like you carry it like i think it had like mm-hmm. a hole near the top yeah, it, had so a it was handle. like a handle it was like it a built-in built handle. handle it's perfect which i think is pretty cool yeah know? um yeah great choice great choice man um the only other the only other handheld that i have to mention really quick yeah it's something i don't even really have a memory of um and i know that we're not talking about game boy um now this was also a nintendo item so but it actually predated game boy and even the nes it was um a line of games that they released called the game and watch and they're basically just little handheld video games um and i really don't have any memories of this except in going through the family photos i found a great picture of me playing with um a game and watch it was for a game called safe buster Oh yeah, Which, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah. I really, I really don't even have any memories. I think it was there was a cop and a robber and maybe like a bomb involved or something. Probably. Um, but it's it's just a really great image of me being, you know, um, you know, one of the millions of toys we had that uh, was cool. But you know, I really didn't leave a big lasting memory except for this one photo. If not for the photo evidence, I probably wouldn't have even have mentioned it. But yeah. Apparently, it was really big because Nintendo. I guess, you know, the Game & Watch, that line of handheld little video games was their first foray into uh, the video game market, I think. Oh. Um, which is kind of impressive. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm, we'll talk more about Nintendo later on in the episode, so I don't want to uh, spoil anything. But No, um, no, 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 I get it. And, uh, Seb, hold on just a yes. second. Um, okay. Memers is at the back door. He wants in and fit, okay. so, so I'm going to okay. jump away from the computer just for a second. All right. All right, hold on. All right. And folks, we'll be back in just a few minutes. And now a word from our sponsors. Do 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 you suffer from hemorrhoids? Do you suffer from bad skin? If so, you should take Preparation H. Preparation H, it's pretty good. It's better than Preparation I. It's even better than Preparation J. It's Preparation H, folks. Have you ever noticed that products that have the letter H in it are superior to all other products? If you think about the hair dryer, it has a letter H in it. 
If you think about Home Depot, that's a great store, and it begins with the letter H. So try Preparation H. It may be the best thing that can help you out. Okay, so what what kind of came after that uh, early handheld era? We we were kind of starting to get into computers, but we didn't really have like a traditional computer at that point, did we? I don't think so. I think our first personal computer was a really obscure and dead-end form of technology called <laughs> the Atom. Yes. Am I right? Now, you... you Talk. You should talk about this because your memories are going to be stronger than mine. Oh, okay. So, so Coleco put out kind of their first, I don't know if it was first, maybe it was second, foray into home computing with a system called Atom, A-D-A-M. Um, and it had a ColecoVision game system built into it. Now, the funny thing about this is that um, it didn't use floppies. It used tapes. Um, and it didn't come with a monitor. Um, you basically had to buy a small TV in order to be your monitor. Right. Um, and I don't really remember using it for much mm -hmm. aside from games. And the only game that I really, uh, remember playing on it was war games, which is wow. strange because that movie had, you know, that kind of effect on me um i will point uh, uh i will put a link to the wikipedia article about the coleco atom uh in the show notes so you can actually see what it looked like um i don't think we've got any pictures of it um uh in our in our stash of old pictures but uh yeah it was kind of really our first foray into a home computer and um Eventually, it went away, and we, we kind of had that uh, small TV kind of in the kitchen for the longest time. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, God. Yeah, I remember that TV a lot. Right. Now, that, the Atom, that was the monitor. Now, the Atom, I know you just mentioned this, but I'll mention it again just because this is my really one and only memory of this computing system was the fact that the media you would start into the Atom um, looked identical to an audio cassette tape that you might put in, might put into a, a stereo or Correct. something like that. Yeah, um, which is to me amazing because it makes me wonder. You know, if I had one of these Atom cassettes and I put it into a stereo, would I hear anything? Probably not. But who I, knows? I you know? seem to remember we had that thought as kids. <laughs> How could we not have had that thought? Uh, well, right, you know? because we listened to a lot of stuff on cassettes, so that was kind oh. of a natural. Yeah. Progression. I don't know if we ever did, though. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but, I mean, I knew so little of computers then. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I tried to insert my audio cassette of the soundtrack from the Moonlighting television show. Because maybe, hey, who knows? I could put it in there and all of a sudden I get, like, a Moonlighting video game or something. I could play Moonlighting, you know? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be exciting? I would have played the I would have played the shit out of Moonlighting. Yes, oh my have. god! Yes, you would have. I know you would have. Oh, jeez! Uh, what a great oh uh, yeah, the Adam man. But war games. Do you remember? Fun. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But I mean, <laughs> was it was it like was it like you had to shoot down missiles? You basically, or? I mean, it it, okay. it um, it, it was like a modified missile command uh -huh. that was themed specifically to that movie you know it, okay. it you, you interface with the computer oh we're welcome professor falcon and uh 
all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you ultimately, you know, when stuff starts flying, you know, here's this map of the U.S. Uh-huh. and here comes this dotted line incoming and you've got to target over it and you've got to, you know, uh, fire missiles up at it to stop it from hitting, you know. And then, of course, it ultimately, like every every missile command type game like that, they come faster and faster and you just, you can't move fast enough to get all your incoming missiles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then stuff starts blowing up. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so that's what we had for the Atom. Yeah, that was our first foray into computers. Now, now first for, yeah. shall we should we take a look at actual computer games? Because when, when I first, you know, thought of, hey, let's do video games, Yeah, I was thinking consoles. I, I started okay. with Pong, the Atari 2600, the NES, the SNES, the Game Boy. I figured that was going to be all we were going to talk about. And sure. we haven't touched on any of those yet. No, not yet. Um, <laughs> I mean... There's so many. There's one computer game above all others that I wanted to spend a little time, time okay, talking let's, about. Let's the other was we could just blow through it. Um, you know, uh, the Oregon Trail for the the Apple II specifically. Classic. I mean, I I think I probably played the Oregon Trail for the first time in the Apple II around I'd say probably 1988 in my fourth grade computer lab class at Empire Gardens Elementary School. Oh uh, yes. Um, and it's surprising. I, from what I can find at that time, 1988, that game was already 14 years old by yeah. that point, you know, it, which blows my mind. Well, the crazy um, thing is you could actually, uh, I'm not sure if you still can, but for a while you could actually get just a standalone plug into your TV, Oregon trail, uh, daily at target recently. Oh, really? Like that, that's just how long lasting the legend of this game is. Yeah, I mean, so many people have a memory of this game. I suppose because a lot of people played it in public school situations. Yeah, so you, I you think, think you're right. if you're an '80s kid, maybe your family um, didn't couldn't afford to have a personal computer or just wasn't into computers. I mean, this was a kind of like a gateway game for a lot of kids. I assume. Um, I mean, it was a huge runaway hit. I think it sold about 65 million copies over and the years, and that's huge. I mean, for for that's any huge game, number. really. I mean, of course, it's based on the 2,000-plus-mile-long 19th-century immigrant wagon trail between the Missouri River and the valleys of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and by manipulating factors like journey speed, food supplies, players could influence the chances of dying of such things like cholera, dysentery, typhoid, measles. Um, fording, fording a river. Fording a river, death by drowning, gunshot. Yes. Um, death. <laughs> I mean, death wasn't all bad. I don't know if you remember this or not, but players at some point could type in whatever epitaph they wanted yes. to on an 8-bit tombstone. That was the best. And I have a memory. I don't know if this is true, but my memory was that you could type in the tombstone, the epitaph, and then if a classmate was playing the game at some point in the future, they could, on their trail, stop and read, if they chose, that tombstone's epitaph. So it was almost like a, a digital way of sharing notes in class. You know, oh. you could like write something funny or nasty about another <laughs> student. You know what I mean? So that was really cool. Yeah, that is um, cool. I, I just I, I just remember, you know, naming my character something that would sound <laughs> really funny. You know, fart yeah. faces died of dysentery or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. something that when you actually saw that happen, it was just you're just gonna sit there and giggle for a while. And that that's I mean, you know, Oregon Trail, most of it was like a command function type game. You mm-hmm. just type something in, but there were two if I remember correctly, there were two elements that actually had some legitimate gameplay. One part was where you could actually hunt for food. Yeah, right. You if could you're hunt buffalo or, or something could, like that. You could hunt. Yeah, exactly. Squirrels, rabbits, yes. bison. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, 
It was a little man. You could control a little man who could aim a rifle in eight directions. You're absolutely correct. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, depending on how many bullets you purchased, you could shoot single shots at animals. And here's the thing that drove me crazy: you could you could have your wagon team people be starving to death, mm-hmm. and you could shoot a 600 pound bison. Yeah. But for some reason, the game would say that you could only carry 100 pounds of the food back to the wagon, Whoa. and that always drove me crazy because I was like, <laughs> why can't you just back this wagon up and load the whole <laughs> freaking thing, this whole dead buffalo in this thing, and just eat this dead buffalo? You know? Yeah. No, so, I, I totally get it, uh, but I admittedly, having watched a bunch of these, like, you know, Life in Alaska shows. Yeah. You know, I get it. You've got you've got a snowmobile or you've got a, a little sled that you've built yourself and you're literally pulling behind you. You're not going to pull 600 pounds worth of meat. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, we're not in Alaska. I know, I know, I get it, I get it. What are you talking about? I get it, I get it. I know what you're saying, but yes, I remember that too. It's like, oh, hey... Like, we're set for but, food for a year. Yeah, yeah, well, you can only bring enough for a week. What? Yeah, thanks, thanks dead buffalo, you know? And <laughs> and it's just, you know, here's the thing. The, the second part of the game that actually seemed like a legit video game, near, it, once you get to the very end of the game, you're within practically within, within sight of the lush Willamette Valley. And users could choose between making the final leg of the journey by either taking the safe and boring Barlow Toll Road or you can instead choose to lash your wagons to a makeshift flat bottom boat and river raft down the Columbia River, trying oh, to yes. deadly rocks with the arrow keys. Uh-huh. That was awesome. I never understood any of my classmates who would take the Barlow toll road because that's like basically saying I don't want to have fun. I don't want to try to avoid the rapids and like you know have actually some fun times or something <laughs> like that. But you um, know what? It was it was such a great game. I mean, for me, Oregon Trail. It was my only experience as a student growing up going to school with um, home economics in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So like basic concepts like your health being a product of diet and shopping choices. Yeah. I didn't learn that like in home ec. I learned that in school via the Oregon Trail. You know what I mean? That's a fair point. And and I'm I'm going to save you the scathing tweets that we probably won't get because nobody tweets at us. Um, It's it's Willamette. (laughs) Oh, Willamette, Willamette Valley, not Willamette. Not Willamette. I, I, not Willamette. I always thought it was too. Oh, I have geez. listened to other people mispronounce it on podcasts. And then the next episode, they're like, we're sorry. Everybody in the Willamette Valley tweeted us and told us how it's pronounced. So it's. Well, maybe that's how we'll finally get some viewer feedback. If we, if we like mispronounce like uh, beloved things or something. You there know? we go. Yes. Oh. Yes. The, the Oregon Trail, right? Right. 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 Yeah. Um, <laughs> now. I do have a huge list of computer games, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to mention off some of the titles and just like a one or two word thing that pops to mind is like being the strongest childhood memory. Sure. Does that sound? Because yeah. I mean, I don't want to keep you up till midnight. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, okay. I, I agree. Like I said, let's let, let's hit the ones that we really have strong memories of. And then just like, but I also liked playing this, this, and this. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Computer games. Okay. We had the Activision computer game called Aliens, the computer game, based yeah. on Aliens, the science fiction film. Right, it's just, which is amazing because I completely forgot about this until I saw this on this list. Like, I remember the little, like, the heat map trackers. Like, oh, here's one coming down this way. We got to go that way. I really remember strongly um, you would be walking down the hallways shooting stuff and you could see, like, the heart rhythms of the other people. Yes. See if they were still alive. Oh, yes. And, the other thing I remember at the very end of the game, you were like, 
you were basically Sigourney Weaver and you were fighting the big queen alien. I don't know if you remember the film and all. Oh, yeah, I do. I remember the film very well. In the video game, there was one part where the Sigourney Weaver character actually called the alien, you bitch. Yes. In the movie, she does call her a bitch. Yeah. But as a little kid, having a video game that I was playing that used the word bitch was just like, like, it was so adult. You know what I mean? It was just like, (laughs) I'm an adult now because I have a video game that says like a bad word or something. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, another game by Electronic Arts, we had Chuck Yeager's Advanced Flight Trainer. Okay, yeah, I've, I have vague memories of this. It, I, I also have vague memories. Um, I, it was obviously just a flight simulator. I remember that you could fly up straight and like black out and your, the screen would go red <gasps> from the blood going to your head. Oh, right, yeah. I remember flying through terrain that was bizarre because it was filled with these weird Mario-esque pyramids for no reason. okay. And I remember if you flew really poorly, a little animated Chuck Yeager would come on the screen and say really rude things about you. Um, <laughs> Nothing worse than getting chewed out by Chuck Yeager in right. a video game. Another game I remember, there was a game called Number Munchers, which was almost oh, like tic-tac-toe. But there was a little creature, and he could eat numbers based yes. on math problems. Yes. But there were little monsters, little troglodytes you had to avoid. Number Munchers was so rad. I love that game. I think it was made by the same people that made Oregon Trail, but I always get in my memory numbers munch, number munchers. I always get it mixed up with there was something called Math Man, which was a segment on a TV show on PBS called Square, Square One. One. Yeah, and they, they had Math something Man. called Math yeah. Man. Yes. Yeah, oh God, and I always I like in my mind, it. I always get them like interchanged. Sure. Know? Yeah. Um, I need to find episodes of that and show that to the kids. <laughs> oh, 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 Square One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was all about math, uh, Bathnet at the end. Bathnet. Like, the oh, bathnet. yeah. The chick for Bathnet. And they had how did like. She not uh, make her celebrity crush list. <laughs> yeah, I loved how they carried calculators and gun holsters. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the modern version of that is is a show that the kids like called Odd Squad. Oh, really? It's it's a it's a cute show. It, is it good? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's, it's you know, this squad, this team, you know, much yeah. like Mathnet of, of kids who are out to stop odd things from happening but yeah they a lot of it involves you know math and science and stuff like that so right yeah um we also had maniac mansion by lucasfilm games sure um, oh yeah that's big that, that was that's a huge game because it was so uh, basically to make a long story short you were a character walking through a bizarre mansion lived in by a really strange mad scientist type family um, there was a, like an alien meteorite involved, and mm-hmm. it spawned a really weird TV show. I think on the Family Channel, starring like Joe Flaherty or something. Oh, oh! You don't remember that? Oh no, I do now. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Um, oh wow. So that was yeah, that was a that was a big one. We had. Uh, now, a did game... we have that on the on the computer? Or did we have that on the NAS? Because I know that they made it for the NAS. <sighs> I thought it was on the computer. It, we probably did. Okay, but I just no. When I think about that, or when I look for that game, I look for the NES cartridge. I don't think about a computer mm-hmm. game. But we may, yeah, we probably did have it on the computer. Oh, I'm pretty sure we did. Okay, no, um, go ahead, go ahead. We had a game by Infocom called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Of course, based on the famous Douglas Adams series of uh, books. Yes, let's let's stop and talk about this for a second. Okay, um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's science fiction, but like really funny British comedy as well, you know? Well, it's Douglas Adams. I mean, it's Douglas. Well, yeah, just trying to give an idea for people that maybe don't know who Douglas Adams is, I guess. But Uh, okay, pause. Yeah, pause. This uh, podcast 
Yeah. Go read those Douglas Adams books. Oh, yes. And then come join us because if you haven't, you haven't lived yet. It's like a prerequisite to listening to this podcast. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, the video game itself, it was all text-based, so yes. there was no graphics. You would say things like, you know, walk downstairs, open front door. And it was kind of entertaining, but at at some point you would get to the point where maybe you would be stuck in a room and you, you just didn't know what the right command was, so you, you just, like, never <laughs> left that room. Yeah, you'd that was start shouting. I'd, I'd start typing just, like, the most... Like I, it, I, it was a game that actually would make me rage. Yeah, but I would just like rage type stuff, just like beat head on wall, and it'd be like, "Why would you want to do that?" And like it was like, it was like open door, and then nothing would happen. I would like turn doorknob, nothing would happen. Unlock door, nothing would happen. It's like, what else can I think of to make this guy get out of this room? Yeah. Um, the Please. the thing that I remember, um, if you remember how software back then it came in like weird boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah. Um, the Hitchhiker's video game came not only with the software and the instruction manual, but all these really kind of goofy, funny things. Like there was um, uh, a little package that was labeled like a piece of fluff or a piece of lint. Oh, God, yes. And there was another package and it was a, it was a, a plastic bag, a sealed plastic bag that was completely empty. But it, it uh, purported to contain a um, alien spaceship that was microscopic and, yes. and so you couldn't see it so and that's a very douglas ad there were like kind of douglas adams type humor i guess very much so this was and the game I, that taught me the word analgesic is, are you serious yes i didn't know what that was and i, and I didn't for the longest time playing it and i'm like oh it's aspirin you know what it the the fluff that came in the game yes. i i got more fun from the fluff than playing the game itself i'm not surprised because uh, that that game was actually really challenging because it was just text based. Oh, it was so challenging! It was like now, playing in the dark. The BBC's website. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll have a link to this in the show notes. Okay. They actually, you can play the game through the BBC site. They've got a little bit of graphics with it now, but it is all still text based, and they released mm. it for the 30th anniversary oh, of that game coming out. <laughs> Jeez, it's oh, bizarre. Yeah. Oh, okay, Hitchhikers. So, okay, we had Hitchhikers. Um, we had another game called Wings of Fury by uh, Broderbund. Yeah, Broderbund. Broderbund. Um, and Wings of Fury, it was a um, World War II um, Pacific... Yeah, uh, Pacific Theater. Pacific Theater. You were basically a carrier-based aircraft, and you could bomb little Japanese islands and strafe them and shoot people. And Yeah, this, this game, uh, it, it was basically... I mean... You'd call it a side scroller, you know. You're you're more or less flying from left to right. You could bank and turn and go back, but it's not a top down. It's not you're not in the cockpit. No, when you're strafing and stuff, you're literally watching it. You know, you're going by, and the camera's main focus is the plane. But yeah, this was one of those games where, I mean, how old were we when we had Wings of Fury? That was kind of what eighty seven, eighty eight, maybe. Yeah, I was probably ten. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah just right. under ten. So, yeah. About yeah. 88 then. Yeah. And so I was, what, almost 12, 11 or 12. <laughs> and, yeah, just, just the fact that, you know, we could sit here in a game and, you know, here I am, like, you know, strafing an island and, and shooting people. And here's these little yeah. digital people. Wah! Yeah, little stick figures. You could throw a bomb on them and they'd fly up in the air and be yes. dead. And <laughs> it was great. Yeah. You know? um, uh, so that was that was a good one. We had a game called Battle Chess. Oh, Battle Chess was by Interplay. So awesome. And it was just chess. It was just chess, but each piece was like rendered in three dimensions. So yeah, they were animated. They were animated. So the pawn would walk up and 
if he got killed by a knight, it was the the knight actually like took probably took out a sword and hit hit the guy. I know that the rook like would change from a rook a little castle yeah into a creature that looked like um uh the thing from marvel comics you know like a rock <laughs> yes. man yeah yeah right know? right yeah um that game was just the graphics just blew me away oh you know? yeah that was one like i'm not prone to sit down in front of a chessboard with somebody and play chess i'm like i don't know yeah. what moves where i, I mean i can guess if, if yeah. you're not going to tell me but battle chess was like no i, I gotta play this game Oh, so good! I I want to see, you know, the the queen, you know, kill this guy, or I want to see the bishop, you know, do this or whatever. That was the coolest stuff. I just wanted to see them battle. Yeah, the whole the whole point was not winning the chess game, but just seeing what different moves the different pieces would have to kill the other pieces. Basically, for us at least, I'm sure some people played it to be like, I'm going to play chess because chess is important to me. Right, and we're like, no, we just want to see these guys fight. Um, another big game where in the world is Carmen San Diego, of course. Uh, sure. I mean, a little bit, a little bit after my time. I don't, really you, you don't remember, remember playing that? I don't remember playing it much. Okay. I think this was maybe more, more you, which is fine. Uh huh. But I mean, I do remember it. Okay. Yeah. It was, you know, just like, you know, it was like a geography quiz, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, you know, what city is the capital of Portugal? And if you guessed right, you'd fly there and get on the trail Lisbon. of finding where the hell Carmen San Diego is. I guess Lisbon, she was a thief or a spy or something. I think she was a thief and, and she's in Lisbon, thief. right? Lisbon? Something like that. Oh, oh, Lisbon, yeah. Um, my big memory, there was like a short-lived kids game show that yes. came out of it. Yeah, and it had I this remember like, that. Um, there was like an acapella singing group or something, like a yes. doo-wop group or something. <laughs> Do you remember there was like a doo-wop group? Yes. Or something? I remember, remember that, very right? well. Like, I don't know. I think they just sang a theme song. I don't think they were otherwise involved in the show or something. Um, they they might have done music kind of like in between scenes. But yes, it, it was it was like the Zaka, the where in the world is. And then like the one deep voice of Carmen San Diego. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, th- my, I must have been Nickelodeon. I, I think so. I don't okay. think it was necessarily PBS, but it might have been. Yeah, I mean, it might have been PBS, I guess. I don't know. Um, the last computer game I really have to talk about is Test Drive by Accolade. Oh, yeah. Look you at you bringing Acc- up a driving game when that's kind of like my bag. Accolade presents. You remember, like, it was like, that's how it would start? Do you remember <laughs> that? There was like a computer, it was like a weird computer voice, and it was like, Accolade. You Do you remember, you don't remember I, that? I, I, I kind of do. I yeah, kind of do. It was, yeah. But yeah, that was Test a crazy- Drive. Test Drive's a great game. Oh, completely. And, and Test Drive 2, The Duel. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, yeah, I remember That's Test your Drive bag. Too. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, where you had, oh my god, what? You had a Lotus, you had the Ferrari. Uh, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure you had a Lamborghini, but I had something like a Porsche 959. I forget now, but okay, something along those lines. But it was like, oh my god, look at me, I'm driving. And it, and it was cockpit view. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. so you'd have the steering wheel, and even though you were kind of like moving stuff around, you didn't really see the hands on the steering wheel. The steering wheel just kind of moved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that very well. Should we uh, should we move into Atari? Yes. Okay. All right. So so let me give just a little bit of background. Um, okay. So our folks bought a Pong home console. Okay. Um, they kept it all these years. Uh, it is, it is now in my custodianship. 
How old is it? When did you know what year it came yeah, out? Yeah, I'm or? getting to that. Yeah. Oh, I'm because sorry. I'm last, sorry. no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Last yeah. weekend, I decided, okay, I'm gonna, I've, I've got this box. It's got the Atari 2600 and a bunch of games, and it's got Pong in it. And, and unfortunately, it sat in an open top box uh, in our parents' old garage for a long time. So stuff got grimy. The joysticks were like gummy. Okay. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I don't really have any big projects this weekend. Um, I'm going to work on kind of cleaning this stuff up a little bit. Okay. Um, and, and in that got doing some, some research. So um, Pong was originally obviously released by Atari. Um, and the very first consoles were uh, the C100 model. Those That's the absolute first gen. Okay. Um, they then released, and I want to say it was maybe about 76, 77, the C140, which is okay. the one that our parents bought. Okay. Um, and uh, this is a super simple console. Um, it does have an external power cord, but you could also run it off 4D batteries. Okay. Um, it had literally one cable running to your tv because well they didn't have rca jacks for the two the left and right audio channel and the video um so you would use an rf converter box to get the signal into your tv um and it only piped video to the tv because the sound literally came from a speaker in the center of the console oh okay so um our folks literally they had a second gen console um i have it i was going over it last weekend cleaning it up because uh, oh. it was really dusty dirty and grimy um i tried to power it up uh-huh. i tried to get it running completely forgetting about the whole rf converter thing i literally plugged it into the video input on the tv thinking oh. that it was going to work <laughs> i'm like well this looks like an rca jack i'm gonna put it in the video <laughs> that's like something i would do <laughs> yeah no totally didn't work and then okay. further noticed upon popping the bottom of it open to check the connections and stuff and the batteries there is some corrosion uh mm-hmm. on the battery it, it's it, it, it can be cleaned uh i haven't taken a crack at doing that yet um uh, but there is still hope that someone someday we can get it working um, any, any sense of what the year is on that uh, late 70s okay okay late 70s um they did ultimately uh, uh license a version of it to sears okay and you could get the sears version and i think i think in talking with mom she thought that they had had the Sears version, but no, they have the legit Atari version. Okay. Um, and I remember, you know, as we were young and kind of playing with the 2600, every so often, you know, mom and dad would pull out Pong and we'd be like, oh my God, look mm-hmm. at this antique. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, then came the Atari 2600, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, the, the one that I'm, I'm going to say we have, because certainly, you know, you could always... Uh, borrow it and it is our family one is the original one that we had that's the other thing i wanted to touch on the pong the atari 2600 and the cartridges that are at your place in livermore yeah those are the self-same ones that we had when we were kids right correct oh man that's amazing that that is them these these are not because when we talk about the nes the nes that i have is not the original one we grew up with for my 30th birthday i went on an 8-bit binge I was right. like, I want an NES again. I want all these old games that I remember. I had none of them. So everything right, I've right. got now was all repurchased. Okay. Um, the Atari 2600 and the Pong are all original to the family. 
Um, and uh, the 2600, um, much the same way. It, it looks like it's in good shape. It needs to be, you know, I've cleaned up the exterior, um, need to run it through the whole RF thing to try and put it in the TV. I didn't take a crack at doing that, but the joysticks, <laughs> uh-huh. oh boy, were the kids marveling at the joystick where it's like, okay, here's your joystick. You have one button. <laughs> go look at what you play with on the switch go look at what you play with on the the ps4 you know here's 18 different buttons and two joysticks that also add double as buttons if you push the joystick down and it's like holy smokes how far have we come oh man um but we've got it um we got a bunch of games for it i mean we've got some of, of some very legendary and notorious games for it so you know I don't know. Let's 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 talk about those notorious yeah, ones. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Let me. Let me, please. Let me. Let me dive just. In here. Let me. I. I gotta. I gotta say just a brief intro because for me, one thing I really think we gotta mention. Like, I don't know if you feel this way or not. Hmm. I mean, all of the video games that we had as kids, I think we loved. But for me, I have to say that like Atari, that's kind of like the home team in the sense that, I mean, think about it. You and I, we were both born in Santa Clara County in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Atari was also born in Santa Clara in the 1970s, mm-hmm. and our grandparents' home in Sunnyvale, where we spent so many great times in our youth, you know, that's, I looked online, that's only about one mile from Atari's global headquarters at that time period. Oh, really? Yeah, which is kind of, it's kind of, so it's kind of like the home team, you know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Um, we had so many games that we're going to talk about tonight. I, the one thing I want to really talk about um et the extraterrestrial yes um we're going to talk about a lot of atari games tonight but i really want to talk about et i want to make sure we talk about et of course the legend of this game it's pretty much common knowledge it's based on spielberg's 1982 blockbuster by the same name um and atari gave the game designer a gentleman by the name of warshaw less than six weeks to develop the game in time for christmas Mm -hmm. the video game that lets you help et get home just in time for Christmas. Happy holidays from Atari. And E.T., here's the thing about E.T. It consistently, if you go online, it consistently ranks among the worst video games ever made. Yep. And there's rumors that the game was so bad that it bankrupted the company and there were millions of unsold cartridges were buried in the landfill in New Mexico. And... The more and more I looked into this, trying to like do some research for tonight, apparently, I mean, for one thing, the game sold like a million and a half units. And apparently, like the infamous video game crash of 1983 was due to a lot of other factors like saturation to the market and mm-hmm. competition from the emergence of personal computers. Mm-hmm. Um, and from one thing I've learned, E.T. was also really groundbreaking. It was one of the first video games... Um, that was based on a film and it wasn't just a rehash of an arcade game. So mm-hmm. for instance, E.T., there wasn't like a stand-up coin-operated E.T. arcade game. It was like a straight-to-cartridge, basically. Yeah, and that straight, was kind straight of, to console. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that along with Raiders of the Lost Ark, which we'll also talk about, that was those were kind of groundbreaking in that sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, last week I watched a, a documentary film on YouTube. Um, it's called Atari Game Over. And back in 2013, the filmmakers and some archaeologists actually excavated part of the New Mexico landfill. Right. I remember this. And they recovered several hundred old cartridges, including E.T. Um, some of them they went to like the Smithsonian and stuff like that. But the thing is, it really bugs me when people say it was the worst video game ever because 
Like there was one cartridge, we didn't have it, but there was one cartridge you could get for the Atari 2600 and it was called Custer's Revenge. And the, ob- <laughs> the object of the game was to help a naked cavalry soldier rape an American Indian woman tied to a pole. Oh, shut up. Seriously? Seriously. And, and it's like, you look at that and then you look at these other people that say the E.T. game was the worst game ever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not the worst game ever. Now, you know, the basic premise was, you know, E.T., you know, you had to acquire pieces of a telephone to quote unquote phone home. Yes. And there were FBI agents in the game that could steal away pieces of the telephone. And there were scientists that would try to kidnap E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, according to Wikipedia, quote, critics bemoaned the gameplay's repetitive use of falling down holes. Unquote. Oh, my God. Yes. Thank you. And, Thank you. And I do remember, like, there were these pits you can fall into a yes. lot. But, like, I don't know about you. But, like, falling down into things, like holes or pipes, that's almost like a staple of all video games. I mean, think about, like, (laughs) Super Mario Brothers or something, you know? Okay, see, because when we talk E.T., like, my one big, big memory is of of E.T. raising his neck, kind of elevating his way out of that hole. Yeah, and he flipped not If you don't get, like, just the right freaking pixel you fall all the way back down again <laughs> yeah totally. and i remember you you would play et the most did like, i really I, oh yeah yeah you played it way more than i did yeah um, and and just this constant just cycle of just like i'm almost there i'm almost no i'm not i'm almost there i'm almost there. no i'm not i i don't know how i i wouldn't have the patience for it today yeah, no, you know, because it's like, I mean, I get it. I get the fact that, like, it wasn't the greatest game ever. But, like, there's so many people that are just, like, they hate this game. And I'm like, I mean, sure, the graphics were horrible. But so many other Atari games had funky graphics. You know oh, what I mean? It's please. like... please. Uh, Night Driver. Uh, oh, do you want to talk... Let's talk... Do you want to talk about Night Driver? Sure, sure. Because, right. I mean, well, let, let's just organically kind of, like, move with with okay. this kind of stuff. But, but you, yeah, you want to talk graphics. Here, you need to try and drive between these these dots that are flying by because you're driving at night so all you're seeing is the edges of the road oh my god no you know what's great about night driver the 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 other cars you could crash into they had this like weird they almost looked like the inspector gadget mobile a little bit like the back of it well because they're so incredibly blocky yeah i know i get it yeah i get it yeah i don't know that just struck me or something no Um, no no that's a good point um let's see uh there was an atari game called combat i don't know if you remember this Hmm. they were like it was like you'd have two tanks army tanks and two different corners of the screen and they would shoot out like a like i guess it was a cannonball but it was like just a little pixel well of course um and you could also it would also switch so you were like i guess world war one biplanes it was basically just the same yes yes but if you shot the other tank it like spun around and it made this crazy noise. Yes. You know? Which is interesting because a lot of time with my memories of these video games, a lot of times it's the theme songs or the sound effects mm-hmm. that are the first things that come back. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, if I remember it, you could actually, if, if you were close enough to one edge of the screen and you shot the tank, you could literally shoot it onto the other side of the screen. Yeah. yeah shoot yeah, you yeah. off the right side of the screen. You come yep, flying yep. in on the left side of the screen. Right, right. Um, there was an Atari game called Haunted House, which yeah. was great. Yeah, and basically, Haunted House is a really good one. You're trapped in a mansion. You have to find like an urn or something. And there were, of course, ghosts you had to avoid. At one point, and basically throughout the whole time, the mansion is in the dark. So you're just like a pair of cartoon eyeballs. Exactly. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yes. Oh, oh yeah. yes. No, vivid memory. Vivid memory of that and the sounds, like of the ghost coming near. 
Oh yeah, the yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you could like it was like um, you could go through a door, and there was a weird sound when you went through doors too. I think, oh. maybe like going upstairs or something, uh-huh. or like a, if the door was locked, it would go or something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the thing about the thing about haunted house, there was a part in the game where you could find like a candle and light a candle mm-hmm. almost, mm-hmm. and that way you could see the little object you had to pick up as part of the gameplay that otherwise weren't illuminated. Yes. But the thing that gets me, um, back in the 2000s, I used to watch a cartoon show called Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Sure, yeah. And there's a character in that cartoon show who's an anthropomorphic meatball called Meatwad. Right. And in ha- I was looking at some old playthrough video on YouTube of Haunted House. When the little dude lights up the candle in Haunted House, he looks 100% like Meatwad. No, really? exactly it's crazy i blew me away when i first saw that oh, that's um, funny uh rages of the lost ark okay that, yeah when i looked at that when i looked at that video on youtube of that game i it was of all the things we're going to talk about tonight that was the biggest flood of memories in the sense that i had so many vivid memories but i hadn't accessed those memories in probably a good 25 years mm-hmm. and i don't know about you but when i access a vivid memory for the first time in like 10 20 25 years there's like this physical feeling i get yeah and but it's like it's not even an emotion it's like a physical reaction and it's like the feeling of like old neurons firing that haven't been fired in 25 years and it's like i totally get it i i search i i hunt for that emotion or that feeling Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um the thing about raiders i really loved um so many things came back the titsy flies that could bite you and freeze you in, in motion oh yeah yeah there were these weird guys that were like they looked like do you remember um spy versus spy in mad magazine mm-hmm. there was like um this dude that looked like the black spy versus spy guy who would steal things from you there were these parts in the game where you were like in a market and you could buy stuff and you could buy like a parachute but like the vendors in the market their faces were so abstracted they looked like modern art or something i yes and there was a part when in the game where you would fall down but if you had a parachute you could parachute to the left and get on a tree branch and it would take you somewhere where you had to dig a hole and get the ark and all of these like yeah wow all of these things started flooding back and that just and when he walked around like he had this weird like his footsteps sounded like oh it was i don't know it was just you talk now because I'm okay. I'm, I, okay. I'm got tongue tied. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so here's here's my memory of it. This okay. this might be the first video game that you completed. You think so? I yeah. Now I oh. I get it. I get it. You can say okay, sure, sure. That Star Wars game. You you destroy the Death Star and you come back and you destroy the Death Star. You know, or or. You get to I don't know if I ever in, did destroy the Death Star though. In in Oregon Trail, where you reach the end, you completed the game. But but Raiders was a more complex game than Oregon Trail. Oh, super complex. Um, and and I if I if memory serves, ta-da. Um, somewhere in our home video is actually a recording of some Raiders of the Lost Ark gameplay. Shut up. I'm I I have a memory, and I I need to pull those back out and take a look but i swear that at one point we were like oh my god we're getting so far in raiders of the lost ark we need to record this can we throw that up throw that up online if 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 
if my memory is serving me correctly and we do have that yes we will find a way to put that up now okay um it may be something better suited for youtube it may be longer play um but maybe we can stick snippets of it up on our twitter or whatever um okay. or our facebook um but yeah i i think this might be wow the first we'll call it complex video game that you ever finished holy crap that's amazing yeah because i honestly I probably, i've not finished a lot of games i have not finished a lot of games either to be honest with you uh that's amazing yeah um yeah that that game really that and et hit me the biggest i mean oh so many other games um well Fathom. let's them oh, yeah fathom let's let's hit just a couple um okay because we still got three more consoles to get through plus yeah, I know. accessories right. yeah. um but one the one that i really want to mention is moon sweeper Oh God! I loved Moonsweeper. Now you Moonsweeper. want to talk? You want to talk a game with a real serious '80s aesthetic, where you kind of get these gradient, you know, colors and stuff. I mean, you fly through space, you go enter the atmosphere of a planet, and you're screaming over the top of this planet, and you've got to pick up like these miners that have gotten yeah, these old dudes. Yeah, and then once you've picked up all these miners and maybe some fuel or something, you've got to pull back up out of the atmosphere. But just that that whole um gameplay of the 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 ground rushing by underneath you Mm -hmm. um i just i've I've got a great love for that game i that's one that i I would love to pull back out and try my hand at moon sweeper yeah you know what here's the thing about moon sweeper like you would be playing moon sweeper and every once in a while for some random reason this weird thing would float through the sky going from left to right or from right to left. Yeah. And I guess it was a satellite. Yeah. And there were two things. There were one. There was one thing that looked like the, the planet Saturn, which was actually like an alien spaceship that would like, it would shit out these little enemy ships that would shoot at you. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I'm talking about. There was this thing that looked like a big chicken egg with lightning bolts coming out of it. And it would zoom left to right or right to left and make this weird noise. But it never – I even went online tonight trying to figure out what the heck was that? Like did it have any sort of plot in the game or it was just some sort of funky thing to look at? Because it's like it was some freaky stuff, you know? And it was like – it kind of haunted me a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like I, it's I, just this I, – I don't – if you um, – I don't know. It was just this thing. But that was a great game. Mm-hmm. You had to pick up this little guy. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I think I mean I think it's worth noting we we had like all the the classic stuff we had your Pac-Man we had your pole business we had your centipede we had your dig dug you know we had mm-hmm. all that you know with the NAS you know a lot of the very popular games you know we'll, we'll we'll touch on those I mean I certainly have a couple of stories about some of them but I I think I think what's fun to focus on is some of the really oddball games that we had like Fathom. Like Fathom, amongst others, yeah. Because didn't you become like a mermaid or something? In that? Fathom, you were like this. You were like a um, a dolphin, oh, and you would swim right. under no, the no, ocean. Right. It wasn't, yeah. And there were like little fish, and you had to watch out for the jellyfish. And you mm-hmm. get to the bottom, and there mm-hmm. was like a cage with a mermaid, and you had to like free the mermaid or something. Yes, yes. you're. That absolute, was yes. Oh my god, that was a great game because like I I don't even rem- I didn't even remember the title or anything. All I knew is that there was some game I played was a little kid where. I was in the ocean, and there were, like, seagulls and fish, and I was like, what the heck was that game? Was that even yeah. a real memory? No, yeah. that is a real memory. I can picture that in my head right now. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, classic. Yeah, you had the – it was basically the Battle of Hoth. Mm-hmm. You know, you were the little snow speeder, and they had the AT-AT walkers or whatever, or the AT-AT walkers, you know? Yeah. That was a great one, too. 
Oh, Atari, how I love thee. I know. If yeah, I tell you what, man, if, if if I can for sure get the sucker fired up and running consistently, yeah. Yeah, come on over, man. We'll we'll bust we'll bust some of these out. Totally. Should we hit Nintendo? Yes. Yes. And like I said, I you know, we we had all the popular stuff, the Castlevanias, the Contras, the Double Dragons, Zelda, Mario's, Top Gun. Um but what Do you are... know Do you Go do ahead. you know what in do you know what the word Nintendo means in Japanese? Uh, I feel like I should know that, but I don't. It is it more or less roughly translates into English as "leave luck to heaven." Apparently, the game, the company started out selling like playing cards in the eighteen nineties. That's right. Or yeah, over a hundred years ago, they were yeah. they were a playing card company. But leave yeah. luck to heaven. Yeah, oh, I like that. I'm gonna start calling it my "leave luck to heaven" gaming system. <laughs> I, I remember a time in, in when I was in grammar school when we had some sort of weird homework assignment where we had to pick like a historical figure and write a letter like a you know I could write a letter to George Washington or Thomas Jefferson and I I wrote a letter to quote unquote Mr Nintendo you know <laughs> saying how much I loved his games because I just thought that was like you know like the family name like a Toyota or something like that right you know? right yeah <laughs> oh funny that's a true that's a true story I yeah. I have a vague recollection of that yeah. Um, so now for, for the games, what are some of the games that you, that stick out in your memory? Okay. So, so for NES, the ones that really stick out, ones that I have very, um, fond memories of, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm going to list them off and then we can kind of scroll back into them. Um, obviously the, the first Mario along with Duck Hunt, uh, Excite Bike, um, Marble Madness, um, uh, Gunsmoke, mm-hmm. Gunsmoke, uh, California Games, mm-hmm. um, Castlevania, especially the music. Oh, the music from Castlevania is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Contra, mm-hmm. Double Dragon, uh, Rampage. Um, I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I mm-hmm. forgot how incredibly difficult that game actually is. Um, mm. uh, T T and C Surf, um, which oh, was I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the title a lot. Did you have that on the list? Uh, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, did I mention North and South? Oh, oh, God, yeah. That's a great one. North and South was crazy. Um, because it, much like, much like your Custer's Revenge, it's like, hey, let's turn the American Civil War into a video game. <laughs> yeah. Now, at the time, it was great because we kind of had that interest in history and, and we eventually got into Civil War reenacting. Uh-huh. So playing North and South was actually a lot of fun. Um, but it's actually kind of a harder cartridge to find nowadays and not terribly cheap. So I actually only have it in an emulator on my phone. Really? Unfortunately, it's a two-player game and so it doesn't really do well on my phone. Wow. But it's fun to revisit the music, if nothing else. Oh my um, gosh! So uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say uh, for NES, um, Cal- okay, California. You mentioned California games. Yeah, the thing I I, I watched some old um, video mm-hmm. of that of the gameplay. Yeah, there's a there's a, se- a segment right in the beginning of the game where you had to choose your, uh, for lack of a better word, your sponsor. Oh like you yes, could choose, like um op or like pacific sun or right something. santa cruz skateboards yeah yeah and that that that's the that's the thing about that game that i didn't remember but once i saw it like it, it all came flooding back yeah they actually had that kind of corporate tie-in yeah that totally. was um contra for contra 
I had this whole ritual where I'd go home from school when I was a kid and I'd play Contra, but I would always eat a Butterfinger candy bar. Okay. And it was it was like the combination of those two things. Contra is one of the few games I can remember finishing. Yes. And I think Contra was one of the games where there was something called the Konami Code, where if you started the game and you had the the NES controller in your mm-hmm. hand, you could go – there was a whole system. It was like you could go up, up, down, down, left, left, right, right, A, B. And then it would like – it was like an Easter egg. You would get like multiple lives or extra weapons. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that I as do. well? I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, Double Dragon was a big one. Contra and Double Dragon, those are pretty much the only Nintendo – when I still play Nintendo these days, mm-hmm. those are the, the two games I end up playing the most. And uh, it's funny because I um... – uh, I don't have a cartridge for Double Dragon or Contra. Um, oh. I do have Double Dragon on the emulator on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, for for someone who today is like pretty much only really good at racing games mm-hmm. uh, and driving games, um, I actually I'm actually pretty good at Double Dragon. Yeah, Getting those I, punches yeah. and those kicks just right. Yeah. Um, there's something, there's some sort of muscle memory that comes back really quickly for me playing that game. I love Double Dragon because there's parts where people are climbing up and down ladders. And yes. you, you could just, instead of waiting for them to get down and like have a big fight, you could just hit them while they were still on the ladder and they would go flying off into space and you would just save a <laughs> right? lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Gunsmoke, Gunsmoke's hilarious because I was reading online. It's supposedly set in 1849, but you could have things like grenades and machine guns, which yeah. weren't invented yet. Um, and then one of the big bosses at the end was like a ninja, which is great because I like the idea of like a ninja being in like the old west in 1849. Yes, I think um, there was a bad Jackie Chan film that had that kind of thing going on. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, Gunsmoke's fun. That's one I actually still have the cartridge for. I shouldn't say still have the cartridge. Well, I've had it since I was 30. Um, uh, and and that one is fun to play, but it's it's trying to. There there, there are points where there's so many shots coming. Is that you could be focused on the right, trying to hit somebody, and not even see a shot coming from the left, and and it it gets you. But it's it's it is it, it's 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 a fun game. Yeah, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, probably my probably my favorite ch- childhood NES game. Yeah, maybe. Um, I was a huge fan of. I don't know if you remember, there was a live action um, Super Mario Brothers Super Show Dude. TV show in the okay. late eighties. Okay, okay, hold on, hold okay. the break. I'm holding it. Hold the I'm break holding it because. I'm holding it. Not only no, do do I remember that, okay. but somebody's got an entire playlist of just the Zelda episodes oh, yeah. on YouTube, and my kids have watched it. Oh, no way. Dead serious. Do they like it? Um, yeah, they thought it was hilarious, but they're like, wait a second, why is... Why is Link trying to kiss Zelda all the time? Like, where is this? Where is this coming from? Link's not like that in the games that we play. He's not like, yeah, no, no, not at all, not at oh, all. Excuse me, princess. I'm like, oh my god, seriously? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty um, funny. The cartoon's good because it uses a lot of the same sounds. Yeah, that like you the would sword hear in the game. Thing. Yeah, that, that but noise. Yeah. let's take it a step further. The okay. entire Super Mario Brothers Super Show is actually available on Netflix. Yo, yo, it's the Mario Brothers And plumbing's the game Found the secret warp zone While working on the drain Lend the princess a hand In the mushroom land Turn the action with the plumbers You'll be hooked on the brothers Now, Evil Koopa and his troopers Are up to misbehaving They kidnap the princess Mushroom land needs saving Abusing and confusing Everybody discovers They can't help but be hooked on the brothers Oh! 
Yeah, I'm not. You know, I have a coworker that told me he saw it on DVD at a dollar store once. Nice. And I mean, I know I can watch a lot of it on YouTube or, like you say, on Netflix. Like, I, I, I really want to go to that dollar store because I, I would actually buy that DVD. But like, if I could buy it at the dollar store, that would mean so much more to me than if I just picked it up anywhere else. I think. And really, the best part of that not, show, not, is... not because I wanted to save money, but just because it, it, it like captures how cheesy that show was. Yes. I think that it would be at the dollar store. Yes, a, a show that is so cheesy that at the very end of the end credits, here's you know Captain Lou Albano dancing and at the very end he does that kind of like tada move loses his balance has to take an extra step and they didn't say you know what let's reshoot that (laughs) they left it in they're like this is it nope you get one shot lou come on let's go get a sandwich or two but 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 the thing was that the the legend of zelda cartoon it wasn't on each episode it was only on the friday episodes which was a great thing because yeah, because, you know, you're a little kid, it's Friday, it's your last day of school that week, and not only do you get the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, but you get the Zelda cartoon at the end, which was nice. just like the great thing. To, it's like how I first learned to love Fridays, I guess. I don't know. It works for me. Um, Super Mario Brothers, I think, looking back, number two is my favorite, just because I think number two is the most surreal. Uh, yeah, let's talk just saying something. for a second. yeah. Remember, okay. remember at the beginning of the show, if, if you're still listening, audience, uh, hopefully you are. Um, when, when I talked about having certain video game memories that involved being a little too medicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah here it is. Super Mario okay. 2. Um, All right. So, yeah, you, Seb, were super into the game. You played it constantly and you were yeah. good at it. I mean, oh, I mean yeah. without a doubt, you were good at it. Thank you. Um, I had about a week where I was sick home from school i was busting out with hives oh no um so i was doped up on benadryl oh benadryl i mean i had i had days worth of benadryl in my system because i was having so bad an outbreak of hives so one makes you real sleepy and apparently when it makes you real sleepy it makes you real suggestive because you were playing mario while i was like laid out on the couch do you know which one which mario is mario 2 mario 2 okay oh yeah that's that i'm like i very specifically remember it was mario 2 okay i had nightmares that mario was chasing me are you kidding me because i was so doped up and you were playing that game so damn much oh my god so it was like the sound effects from the game were going into your sleeping brain or something like that or Or just i was absorbing so much of it in a sedated state wow that my brain just went mario's chasing you man and it was terrifying So it was it was definitely a nightmare though. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no. Mario was chasing me. Holy crap, were you like um were you like a gold coin? No, I was just me. You were you. Oh, I was okay, just me. okay. But Mario okay. was chasing Mario Mario was out to get me. Oh well, he's gonna jump on your head or something. You something know? like that. Yeah. Jeez, I'm sorry to th- I mean I I'm kinda like I, that's a great story, but at the same time I feel guilty. Don't. You know? Don't. But um just don't. <laughs> gee whiz. <laughs> I wonder if Dimatap was involved. Do you think there was any Dimatap? Oh god, don't start me on Dimatap. That stuff is gross. Oh my god. I can't I can't drink anything grape flavored to this day because of Dimatap. Aren't there like rap stars that like use it as a narcotic or something and then they like OD on it? Yeah, I don't Hey know. wait, Marble Madness. Yes. Oh Okay. Such for, a great game. It, such great music. Oh the music. And not only that, but like we talk about how cracked out Super Mario Brothers was and how like like surreal it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like Marble Madness, I mean, think about it. You are a marble. Yes. It's like, how did that come to be? And then it's like you're in this weird world that would look like an M.C. Escher painting or something. Right. 
And like, if you like fell down the thing too fast, I don't know if you remember this, but like you, the marble, you would actually like get dizzy and see stars or something, yep. you know? Yep. Or if you, it's fell, like, if you fell from too great a height, you would shatter and this little whisk broom would pop up yeah. out of nowhere and brush you up. I mean, how cracked up is that? I'm not, I, I was playing this game within a month ago on, yeah. on, on the actual NES because I've got it hooked up to the TV right now. Um, and yeah, Marble Madness is, is, is just weird. But, but it, it is yeah, it's but surreal. It's, it's weird. It's there's great. The little, there's these it's little great. tube looking things that would jump around and they could land on you and swallow you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, totally insane game. But I mean, great. But yeah, geez. you know, I, I feel like I just want to mention Mike Tyson's punch out if for no other reason than one of the few childhood photos I found of us playing games. Mm-hmm. The one that I think is my favorite and that is that one the one that I hope we use as the like the cover image for this episode or whatever. It's an image of you and I playing Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I think you think it might be at our aunt and uncle's place in Porterville. Probably, because I don't have a clear memory of owning Mike Tyson's Punch-Out ourselves. Yeah. Um, I definitely yeah, know it's a photo sure not at our home. Picture and I'll yeah. use it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, do, do you have any other NES things you want to mention? Or? Uh, you know, it, I liked Excite Bike. I mean, this was, you know, kind of like me kind of getting into racing games. But the neat thing about Excite Bike is there literally was like a track editor level. You could design oh, yeah. your own track That's and right. then race on it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which which I just thought was the coolest thing. I'm like, oh, I'm designing my own video game. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, so, yeah, that was great. And I think the only other thing that, that I'll mention is, I mean, just going back to California games, because I've, I've kind of been revisiting that one and TNC. Oh, oh yeah, man, California. skating level is tough. Um, it just, nowadays, I don't have any in the manual. So I'm sitting here like, I'm like, okay, Frisbee, I can do this. And I'm like... <laughs> How the flip do I even throw the frisbee? How do I even? Yeah, right. You know, I'm like yeah, pushing through, and I, and it was total just trial and error, just trying to get it. But wow. Yeah, because in California games, when you threw the frisbee, there was like two little things at the bottom of the screen, and one was Correct. like velocity, and one was like speed, or, or I don't know what it was. No, it, and you had to time yeah. it just right. You did. You had to time it. You had, yeah. you had to hit right, and then you yeah. had to hit left, and you had to hit right again to actually right. launch it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and if you did launch it just right and it got way downfield, all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, there's somebody down to the other end of the field. Now I have to control this person to try and catch the damn thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get so kind of caught up in just watching the frisbee go for a while that you forget that oh wait, I'm controlling the other person trying to catch it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But between that and and the surfing and the half pipe um, uh, and the BMX and and there was hacky sack. Oh yeah, but they We're, call it. Fo- like a foot like foot game or something it's something like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um but but yeah i mean there's, foot bag. there's yeah. How, yeah foot bag that's right that's right yeah how many other games are you going to find digital hacky sack oh it's great it's a great game there actually was a california games 2 but it didn't have the same kind of commercial success that california games one had i think i think in the hacky sack thing you could even hit a seagull uh like a seagull. you know i think you're right I think yeah. you're right. If you if, if if you timed it just right and it was hard, you could yeah. actually hit a seagull that was flying by. That sounds familiar. Oh man. Do you do you remember do you remember going to Toys R Us and we wanted to buy an NES game? There was this bizarre Byzantine system where like you couldn't actually get the game. I guess it must have been a, a anti theft thing. Yeah. To cut down on like shoplifting. Mm-hmm, you would instead mm-hmm. get like a little paper tag yep, and yeah, you would take it to like this dummy in a cage or yep. something. Do you and, remember and, that? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember it very well. 
I went online to see if you could even buy those slips. And that's like oh, I couldn't wow. find anything because I thought, you know, that's a that would be a huge nostalgia thing. But and there would. must have been I mean, I can't imagine why they would have been kept. But at the other time, they probably must have been billions printed. So I was like, well, maybe there's some on eBay, but I couldn't find anything. But no, oh, wow, that's that, a great that memory. would be an interesting thing to find some of. We probably got most of our stuff at Toys R Us. I would more guess. than likely when, it, when yeah. it came to video games, it was probably Toys R Us, maybe KB. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't remember like Kitty World having much in the way of like like a video game section in mm-hmm, terms of that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they did, but yeah, yeah, I seem to remember ending up at Toys R Us for most of that kind of stuff. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we're we're over the hump. We're on the downhill yeah, swing, aren't we? We are we are over the hump. Yeah. Uh, what what's next? Is it Game Boy? Yeah. Okay. Game Boy came next. I mean that that was that was round about 1989. Um, that was probably I would imagine you know kind of Christmas '89 into 1990. And you still um, have your childhood Game Boy. Uh, I do. Yeah. In fact, um, uh, you know, the, the original case and everything, I, I have restored it, mm-hmm. which means I've, I've put it in a brand new case with brand new buttons and a brand new speaker. It's all the original board. It's all the original screen, mm-hmm. um, all the original connector uh, stuff. It's, it's just it's all the outer stuff that's been refurbished, but I still have the original case and everything because it still has the original serial number on it mm. that I either want to find a way to reproduce um, mm. or find a way to safely pull this one off and affix it to the new case. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't... The funny thing with the Game Boy is, is even though it was a lot of fun and I remember playing it a lot, I remember taking it on trips and stuff, I don't remember having a ton of games for it. Yeah, um, Tetris, mm-hmm. classic. You classic. Know, you play that all day long. Um, right. I thought I had Excite Bike on it. It's not. It's a game called Motocross Madness, mm. um, which wasn't terribly exciting outside of the fact that you know you're basically riding a dirt bike and you need to try and catch little like you know nitrous boosts and there's lots of jumps and stuff so you can find yourself doing like loop after loop after loop. Mm-hmm. into a jump and if you land on the ground and or you run out of nitrous you know you're incredibly slow like pain oh god yeah i remember there being a game boy game with nitrous yeah oh i'm gonna have to look that what was it called again motocross madness Mo- i'm gonna have to look that up now oh yeah. god yeah that run that run a deep bell yeah i i yeah. think at one point i had like a baseball or like mario baseball or or something like that Um, I certainly don't have it anymore and I'm not really much of a baseball fan. So I'm like, did I actually have this? Did I have it and then just get rid of it because I didn't like it? Um, but the one that really sticks out for the Game Boy is elevator action. Oh, geez. Elevator Um, action. Even though I've, I've got it for the NES uh, and the gameplay is just a teensy bit different, uh, Mm -hmm. between the Game Boy and the NES version. Um, uh, that's the one that just hands down, I probably dumped dozens and dozens if not hundreds of hours into just playing elevator action that was a huge game i totally agree great choice i think that i don't know about you personally i enjoyed i mean to give the audience a little bit of context um you're basically in a uh like a skyscraper or a big building yeah you're like a spy there's evil spies that are trying to shoot you or whatever and there's all these different elevators. The building, it's almost like a cross-section. So you can see what's happening on the floors above you and below you at the same time. Mm-hmm. And there's all these elevators you can use to go between floors. And I don't know about you. I mean, it was fun to shoot the bad guys. But 
every once in a while you could actually kill the bad guys by squishing them under the elevator when yes, it's coming that was down. The best way. Yeah. That was always the best way. I mm-hmm. just wanted to make sure that you had the same feeling that I did about oh, that yeah. topic. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there oh. were, there were, there were different like question mark doors where you'd go in and you'd come out and you'd be like, okay, I have a shotgun now, not a pistol, or I have a grenade launcher now, not a shotgun. <laughs> or, oh, I've got my pistol again. And you had to go into certain doors with exclamation points on them and mm-hmm. get like a, a secret files you know you'd come out with a folder or something mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and once you got all of them you know you'd get this little little bit of music and you knew okay time to make for the bottom floor time to make it for the car time to finish this level and move on to the next one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and it was it was it was just fun totally totally you know? great game classic game yeah um but we we never had a game boy advance or a game boy color or you know yeah. any other uh Game Boy or Nintendo DS or you know any of the other handhelds. It literally was just that first gen Game Boy. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know post NES era, mm-hmm. um, and I think that kind of leads us into the Super Nintendo. Yeah. At this point, and the thing is, I mean. We were definitely a Nintendo family. I don't think that we ever had like the Sega Genesis growing nope. up. I I don't even think I. Nope. I mean, I think I had a, maybe just one friend who had it, but I went to his house only maybe once or twice. I don't really remember playing any Genesis. Um, for Super Nintendo, it's interesting because, um, as you probably know, I got the Nintendo NES Classic when it came right. out a yeah. couple years ago yeah. on opening day. Um, when the next following year, when the Super Nintendo Classic was being released, I remember going online to see what games were going to be preloaded on it. And that kind of led me down a little rabbit hole of like, well, wait a minute, what were the games on NES and which ones do I have memories playing? I have memories of, as we've shown tonight, more than a dozen NES games. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I only have vivid memories of playing three Super Nintendo games ever, which is interesting. Um, uh, F-Zero, Pilot Wings, and Wings 2 Aces High. And I think you'd agree with me that F-Zero was a really popular game for the both of us. Oh, um, yeah. I love I F-Zero. I mean, d- between the, the graphics, the music, the music for that game is amazing. And it's basically um, just a racing game. It is. It literally is a racing game, but your vehicle hovers along a track mm-hmm. that is suspended way up in the sky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you could... Go it's very off futuristic. Track. Oh, it is. It's incredibly futuristic. Um, you know, you could you could go off track and you plummet down to the the ground below. Um, you know, if you uh, uh, hit the sides too many times, it would like uh, deplete your shields, and then your vehicle would blow up. They were like little hovercrafts, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember exactly. there being a little like you would drive around the track. There were these weird areas where if you pulled over to the side, a spaceship would come down and like re-energize your life force. Your shields, basically. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. But you wouldn't want to pull over and stop there because then everybody else would pass you and you'd not you'd lose, you know, whatever place you were in. I think we played a lot of that at our aunt and uncle's place in Porterville. Uh we probably did. I, yeah. Um, you know, I, I I know I played a lot of it on our console as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel, I feel like we've definitely had, I mean, I know that we had more than those three games because we also had, um, oh, what was it? Nigel Mansell's Formula One Championship Racing. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, and that, this again, I mean, you know, Super Nintendo, we're now getting late eighties, early nineties, um, actually probably more early nineties than, than late eighties. But, um, uh, 
you know, our dad has always been into Formula One racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that also kind of helped uh, build my love of motorsport mm-hmm. growing mm-hmm. up. So, you know, oh my gosh, here's here's a video game I can play that's just like that racing that dad loves watching. And so I, I got into it. I, I enjoy it a lot. Actually, I, I, I've got a copy of it on the emulator on my phone. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there is, there's a little bit of challenge to it. I mean, they, they are based on actual tracks, you know, around the world, uh, mm-hmm. that were used for F1 in the early nineties. Um, but you know, I, racing games of that era, I'm so used to hard on the throttle, hard on the brake and not a lot of gradient in between, but to get some of these corners just right, it's like, okay, you can be hard on the throttle, but then yeah, you've got to come off. You got to coast through because mm-hmm. if you're going too fast, you're going to go to the outside of the corner. You're going to hit something. You're going to lose all your speed. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember playing that a lot. Um, Pilot Wings, I think was like a whole family kind of favorite. Of oh ours, God. I think. Oh, it was so good. I mean, it was a flight training game. You could, learn how to fly a biplane, do um, hang gliding, parachute parachuting. Mm-hmm. There was also like a jetpack version. Oh, yeah, the jetpack. Yeah. Oh, but my gosh, yeah. The, the graphics were great. The music was hypnotic. Oh, and completely. It was hilarious to me because the funny thing was if you got – it was one of the few games I finished. Um, if you got far enough into the game, it all of a sudden became like a, um, a war game where you were flying this attack helicopter and bombing these little um, – enemy dugouts or something like that because you had to rescue some people really yeah yeah oh no Um, kidding yeah so it's very funny because you play it's like it's a very uh civilian game and then you get to the very end and all of a sudden you you become in you know uh enveloped by the military industrial complex or something like that you know (laughs) well i can Uh, guarantee you this you made it further in that game than i did because i have no recollection of that oh you should look at some of the youtube video of that portion I'm sure it'll bring back some memories. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll the look little, that up. The little enemy bunkers that you had to blow up, look, they were weird because they were just white circles or white dots. And okay. if you hit them with your bullets, they would just like turn into a red flame or something. <laughs> um, wings two aces high. I don't think there was – I'm not. there might have been a wings – there must have been a wings one aces high, but I don't remember it. I don't think maybe, wings maybe two aces, aces high. Maybe. Aces um, low, now aces high. <laughs> It was basically just a World War One fighter plane game where you would fly around and oh. you could choose to be French or British or American oh. and shoot down Red Barons and stuff like that. Um, I might have a slight recollection of that. That it, rings a bell way in the back of my head. If you listen to the music, I'm sure that you will remember yeah, that. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um, but it, it's really, it's you know, it's really interesting because... Um, I was I was doing a little bit of looking around here. Um, the NES was released in September '86. Mm-hmm. The Super Nintendo was released in September of '91. Okay. And of, of all the NES and SNES games that I remember playing, Wings Two Aces High was the last one to be released, October '92. Oh so no kidding. For me personally, it, it it seems like for me video games existed from well pong was purchased by our parents before i was born Mm -hmm. so basically from my birth until about 92 and i'm sure i played after that but i can't remember playing anything that was released after october 92 Hmm. Um, and even to this day i mean um personally i mean there's there were things like the playstations you got the xbox you got internet gaming i mean for me i really kind of after 1992, 
it that's I mean I still play video games, but only if they were games that I played as a child. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you haven't tackled anything new. It's yeah, it's almost like these uh, more advanced games where you can go in you know three directions and. You know, it's almost like that's too much for me or something. No, you know? I, I totally get it. I totally get it because, um, I mean, I, well, we had a PlayStation 1. Uh, when, After you moved out? Um, no. Nope. Dad's house? No. Did you, wait, you had, a, you had a PlayStation 1 when you still lived at home? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but again, for me, pretty much yeah. just racing games. Racing games. Driving okay. games. Okay. Um, because, yes, somehow when gaming and i and i think it probably started with like the the nintendo 64 uh that's kind of like amber's console um we still have one of those when it became that kind of thing where i'm like okay i'm gonna run forward but then all of a sudden the camera direction changes and now i'm running in a different direction even though i haven't moved the joystick right I, i i can't handle that my brain literally goes why am i now running left because mm-hmm. I rotated mm-hmm. the camera this way, I pushed the stick forward. I should still be going forward. Yeah. And this whole, you know, rotating camera angle thing totally throws me off. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's, I'm not saying that there aren't any great games that have been released since 1992. I mean, there's been games released since then that have sold millions of units and billions of dollars worth of sales and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, there's something in my psyche that just, I don't know what it is. I just, those are the games that it's like, that's the universe of games. That's enough for me almost. You know yeah, what I mean? No, I, I, I get it. I mean, we, we are, we're very much, um, a gaming family. I mean, in, in balance with, with everything else, obviously we don't, we don't do it too much, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, PlayStation one, I had a PlayStation two, uh, and hung on to that for the longest time, uh, until we got a PlayStation four a few years back. Mm-hmm um echo through our karate school that we go to uh actually won a raffle for a nintendo switch oh that's right so we've got a nintendo switch and amber went nuts with um uh the new legend of zelda the breath of the wild which is an incredible game Mm. um she's already completed it once Mm. and she's gone she started to go back through it Mm -hmm. um uh for christmas Perrin got super mario odyssey uh, that he's been playing on it. He's beaten it once. Oh wow! Well, I can't say beaten it because like the game's in different stages. Like you, you, you finally beat Bowser, and you think, oh wow, we've we've finished the game. No, mm-hmm. it just opens up a whole new aspect of gameplay with all the levels you've already been through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then apparently, once you gather five hundred power moons, um, it actually opens up yet another whole aspect of the game. And he's not there yet. Hmm. Um, so it's amazing what they're doing yeah. with these games now. Um, but, but the kids love it. I mean, the kids enjoy playing it. Um, for me, it's PlayStation 4. It's, it's racing games, racing simulators more so than like arcade mm-hmm. style games. But that's, that's just mm-hmm. where I'm at. But I still love coming back to the classics. I love coming back to Mario. I love coming back to, uh, Excite Bike and, and, uh, California games and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Pilot Wings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I really, I want to get, I, I want to get the Atari going. I want to get that fired up. Yeah, I would, I would love to hear that going. Oh, for sure. Um, I remember us having, or me having, or us having the Nintendo Power Glove. Um, I don't remember playing it at all. I definitely remember being extremely excited about having it as a fashion accessory. <laughs> 
um, in, in, in just the way that I had when I was a kid, the Reebok pumps um, basketball shoes. Yeah. With the, you could actually pump air into a little chamber. Right. Even though I like, I was the most sedentary child ever and I never played any sports. It was just, you know, there's something about having a wearing a power glove and wearing Reebok pumps at the same time that just, I just ate that up. You know, no, I, I, I get um, it. There, there was a lot of stuff that I think we went to in terms of like, well, it's popular. Well, everyone else is wearing it. So I've got to as well. I think, oh, I think yeah. we, you know, we definitely fell down, down that hole in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, really quickly, we had a really early map, uh, Apple personal computer mm-hmm. in the eighties. Yeah. The two G and well, here's the thing. There was the, one of the apples that we had when we got it, I remember bring, coming home from like Valley Fair or like the Sears at Valley Fair mm-hmm. and we plugged it in and there was a, one of the first things that happened when you plugged in the computer, there was a training exercise that came on that taught you how to use a mouse and you had to drag the mouse around the screen and it would move a little car around this little digital landscape. Oh, wow. Vague recollection. And it wasn't color or anything. It was like grayscale. And it's even though it wasn't a game, I have this really vivid memory of it and being impressed by it. But yeah. I can find nothing on the internet about it anywhere. Really? And I've searched everything I can think of. It's one of the things where I'm just throwing it out to the audience. It's like the AB switch. It's like if anybody knows what I'm talking about. You well, think it was the 2GS, right? No, huh? I don't think it was the 2GS because I just went early. Well, I just went off what you said by early Apple. But I think we may have had a Mac Classic at one time. Okay, because so um, it, it may be from the original Macintosh. Uh, is that the one that was the weird shaped one? It was that just the boxy like, one. The one that was taller than, more tall than it was wide. Yes, I don't. I never thought we had one of those. I oh, boy, I don't know. I, thought, I knew is, we had friends that had them, but yeah, well, I, I don't know. Well, obviously, schools had them, but you know, yeah, this is that's research true. for a, a future topic. I think. Did you have a favorite game, a favorite console, or are there any particular games from our childhood that you play the most still to this day? Or I, oh boy, I mean, I I would probably say I I, I mean I'd probably say the NES. Uh huh. Um, you know, possibly just because it's it's still the most accessible one because it's literally hooked up to the TV in the living room right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll 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 answer your question this way. There's one game that I wish I could still play, and that's Duck Hunt. Mm. duck hunt does not work on modern televisions that's right you were talking about that yeah something with the cathode ray tube or not exactly Uh um in part you're half right um i actually did some research on this because i thought it'd be a really easy game for the kids to get into i loved playing it Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean you we were holding the light gun like to the screen the duck was right under it pulled the trigger and it flew right away and, and like yeah, it's just dogs laughing at you all day long. Um, <laughs> um, and I'll make this quick because I know we are probably well over the two hour mark at this rate. So if you are still listening, God love you. Um, um, but basically, it is it's it's the frame rate of the uh, modern TVs. It actually uh, the lag between uh, pulling the trigger, the screen going, oh, the trigger's been pulled. I need to show um, a white square here on a black background as to where the gun is aimed. I need to show the next frame. This is literally, this is happening within 0.32 seconds. Mm-hmm. I need to show a frame that is black 
with a white square of where the duck is, and now I go back to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. It would happen at it happens at a very particular rate on the TVs from the era that Duck Hunt was made, and so that's what the game's been programmed to do. Mm-hmm. Modern TVs run at a different rate. Okay, and so you can pull that trigger, you can aim it right at that duck, you could be dead on. But because the time lag is different on a modern TV, it will never line up. I wonder if it work on mom and dad's TV. If it is an old style style. cathode ray tube, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, If it is a modern plasma, LCD, LED, flat panel, any kind of thing, no, forget it. It's not going to work. You know, I have have two last thoughts before I'm done. First thing was we had something called the Game Genie. Hell yeah. Do you remember the Game Genie? Oh, so well. It was gold. Love you plugged it. it into the NES cartridge and it yep. allowed you to all insert all these cheat codes. Yep. I think there was a court case about it over whether or not it was legal. Uh, probably. Um, the other thing is I there was a game. I can't remember which game I was playing it one night or one day. It was NES. I was a child. Something okay. happened. I died. I was extremely frustrated. I actually gnawed on the controller with my teeth. Oh, wow. Yeah, you did. And I... I left little grooves in the the plastic where yes. my teeth had. Do yes. you remember that? I, I I remember the teeth marks. Yeah, there were. I teeth don't remember marks what game, the, but I remember, yeah. If I if I had that, I know we don't have any of that stuff anymore. But if I could have anything of all that video game childhood stuff, it would be the controller with my teeth marks in it. I think. Well, whatever you do, please don't chew on my controllers. So <laughs> no, I will not. I promise you. I, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, she's <laughs> um, what a great episode. No uh, kidding. Definitely our longest episode to date. I knew I had kind of toyed with the idea of splitting this into two. I think I'm just going to leave it as one and just plow okay. straight through. Um, I know once I truncate the silence and stuff, it'll it'll be a little bit shorter, but we are definitely up over the two-hour mark. And, oh my gosh, I think I'm thirsty and need to pee all at the same time. Amen. But before we get to that, for June's episode, heading into summer, Seb, what are we going to talk about? We're, it's summertime, folks. We're going to go on a vacation. We're going to talk about camping, Road all trip. our childhood memories of places we went and did, did some camping, the great outdoors. I think it's going to be an awesome episode. I'm really looking Absolutely. forward to it. Absolutely, Going from the great indoors playing video games to the great outdoors. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for listening this long. I promise not every episode will be this long, but I'm glad <laughs> you stuck with us. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Memory Serves Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Apex Buddha, and you can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin at Twitter. Absolutely. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts fed to you. Just search If Memory Serves. Please rate and review us as well. You know, we always appreciate a five stars because that will boost us up and, and get us some more exposure, which we're always looking for. But hey, give us what you think we deserve. That is only fair. Um, subscribe to Night of the Living Geeks on SoundCloud. You can get us, you can get Podcastica, you can get uh, Girls Interrupting, they're talking about comic books, Tornado Tag Radio, they're talking about um, wrestling. Uh, check out Retrofecta. They gave us a shout-out on their latest episode. They actually play uh, vintage games uh, from the NES era and review them and talk about them. A uh, really cool couple of guys who put that one together. Check that out. And you can check out all the podcasts available over at notlg.com and please if you can if you're in a position to help support us and keep the entire network going patreon.com slash notlg 
Morgan Willis does our intro and outro music. It is the track Party All Night. You can check him out on Facebook. Search up Morgan Willis. His name's all in caps. You can't miss it. He's also on Twitter at MorganWillis82. And check him out on SoundCloud. Just search up his name. Oh, we made it. Well, I am going to Konami code (laughs) myself probably straight to bed at this point because this is later than I tend to stay up. And that's okay because it was worth it. Seb, thank you so much for talking our way through some games tonight. Thank you, folks. I hope you sleep well. I hope you have no nightmares about Mario. Oh, God. Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. All right. Well, Uh, on that note, uh, yeah, maybe some mushrooms and stuff are in oh wait no 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 not mushrooms are in order anyway thanks again for listening everyone we will talk to you in june where we're going camping we'll see you then bye 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 folks Okay. Uh, <laughs> do up, do 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 do